On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will be trying to keep things in their pants as they riff on all of the highlights from last week's Disney Investor Call, which yielded up to 10 new Star Wars shows in at least two new films. Matt will also break down the latest Star Wars comics for you to clue you in on some new canon, and then the two will set their sights on The Mandalorian, The Believer, the one where Bill Burr became a bonafide Star Wars star. You know they will try to figure out how the finale will go down too, so stay tuned to find out if they think we're headed for a celebration or a period of mourning by the time Mando ends its second season run. Before getting into this week's fan segment, they may talk about a few new Mando Monday reveals, and then it's time for the fans, hopefully not to get yelled at, but to star with their question of the week replies in the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. Cue it, Chewie. Everybody, we are back, and I have put the flamethrower away. <laughs> so everyone, you know, uh, clear yourselves of the fire gel. I'm not going to spray you down this week for the first 10 minutes of the show. I got the message in Discord. No, but in all seriousness, we've put 140 behind us. I thought it was a fun opening. It was uh, different. I was definitely a little more animated than I usually am when we start a new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And that's because I get excited about talking about the Star Wars, but I also like yelling at our fans. Because where <laughs> else could you tune into a show for four hours and have your, your own self shit-talked by the hosts of said show? You're not going to get that on any other Star Wars podcast. Probably for good reasons. It's probably why they have bigger followings and more diehard uh, fan bases. But you know you will not get what you got in episode 140 from yours truly right here. Mm -hmm. Nick, remember, he's the nice guy. <laughs> uh, when I essentially eviscerated a few of you and, and pissed on a lot of your Boba Fett shit-talking. I, I, right? I was going to say that if anybody did die, if any of our fans did die last episode, they definitely died hard because you did not go easy on them. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, you, I'll, you let it fly. Uh, again, <laughs> I, I'm not going to apologize for who I am on the show. I'm also not going to change who I am on the show. And I'd hope everyone at least realizes that when you do a show and you want to try to make it entertaining, you don't just want two Star Wars nerds with monotone deliveries talking to each other and agreeing on everything. I'm going to dial my personality up a bit. I mean, if you know me in real life, you know I'm not quite that animated. All right. Uh, in fact, I'm kind of a pussy in real life. Uh, very <laughs> introverted. But, but my guy, when that flip switches and the SWTS studio lights go on, <laughs> you never know what I'm going to turn into. But hey, it, it was a good time. I, I did feel bad for the two personal attacks I made. But uh, like I said, you, you never know what's going to happen. On this show, Nick, we just say shit. It's almost like the force takes over. Yeah. For me, the dark side a lot of time. For Nick, he's usually on the light. Channeling, trying to keep things in the 
in the, at least the middle realm, at least the gray yeah, of the, but of I the just, force. I, I've said this before, especially <laughs> in the Discord. I, I do not know what the fuck I say on this show. By the time I tune, tune out, I'm like, what? who did I piss off? Am I going to get fired? What dumb shit did I say this time? That type of stuff. So yeah. uh, if 140 was rough for you, eh, I guess toughen up. Grow up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hey, hey, my outbursts probably aren't for everybody, and I do agree. The, the screaming into the mic and the the feedback that you all get from your speakers, I'm not a fan of that either, but that also doesn't mean I'm going to stop yelling. Uh, I just, I don't feel like yelling today. Uh, there's a few reasons why. One is, if you notice, I'm wearing my hat kind of like a, a dildo right now. Um, I I may be getting one of my uh, medical conditions back and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but uh, I do want to let people know, especially newer fans. I know Nick has been through one of these with me way back in 16. Mm -hmm. Uh, I suffer from a condition called chronic idiopathic urticaria. All right. For us dummies, that means I get chronic hives with no known trigger. I've dealt with this for almost 14 years now. Uh, I'm not going to answer any questions like, oh, did you eat something different? Is it detergent? Trust me. I've had biopsies. I've had internal biopsies. I've had every test you can have to figure out why the fuck one day I'll wake up and just be covered in welted lesions with my eyes swollen shut and my lip looking like Nick sat there all night and punched me in the face. But there is no answer. Literally, if you want to look it up, it's called CIU. It is a medical condition. And I just, I have a feeling that uh, sadly I'm coming out of remission a lot sooner than I expected. My first remission when I got them in 2006, I got about eight years of peace. Uh, Then they hit again in 2016, right after my daughter was born. And now I've been in remission, I'd say since uh, 2017. So not that long. Uh, and the reason it goes back to the hat and the, the reason that was the tipping point is because I, I usually can start to tell that this thing is creeping back into my system because I'll start getting fucking hives where things are tight on my skin. So the hat being one and delivering four hour podcasts with a tight hat and headphones on it further, further constricting my skin. I literally grow these big welts on my head that last for about a week and look like bruises. So knock on wood, hopefully it's not a CIU coming back in full because if it is, it's going to be a mind fuck. Yeah. Uh, I'm never going to sit there and say that I'd rather get cancer or be a paraplegic or a quadriplegic. Uh, but I can tell you right now, uh, CIU, anyone that suffered from it, it is a fucking cunt. It tears you down mentally because you feel like, why? What did I do today? Why do I have to have these burning welts on my skin? Why are they bleeding today? Why can't I breathe properly? Why are my lips fat? Why can't I see out of my right eye? It just blows. And then you just have all the nonsense with the hives. And and I'm talking, these aren't little bumps. These are welts that can get as big as a body part. And they, 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 you know, literally it's like someone beat me with a belt and then they burn and they itch and they bleed. So let's all, you know, reach out to the force. Hopefully it's just me being crazy. As Tone says, it's the stress. Uh, what I just tell you, assholes, <laughs> there is no diagnosis. If, if it was stress, you think a guy like me, if, the, if it was stress related, he would, it a would guy like me that just had that performance of last week where I acted like people that, hate, that, that were you know, jagging me about Boba Fett was the biggest deal of my life. 
you think of their stress related, I would not be covered in hives every single day. All right. So I, I do appreciate the guesses. But like I said, at the onset of this, I'm only letting people know just in case the next time I'm on here, it looks like I am an actual alien from a Star Wars cantina because the shit deforms me and it depresses me. And you may not be getting the same type of mat until we get them under control again. So let's just hope they're not coming back. CIU, chronic idiopathic urticaria. It sucks. Like I said, I, I, I still feel for people that have terminal illnesses. I'm not like, oh, it's the worst. But I promise you if you, know one, if you know somebody that has had it, that has suffered from it, the shit is enough to make you want to one of those things. All right? So it is what it is. Let's hope for the best, as I said, because it fucks me up. Uh, anytime my body itches, I start to worry like, uh oh, is it happening? Uh, you want to talk about PTSD? This shit gives you PTSD like none other. All right. So that's that. Hopefully it doesn't uh, pan out. But as I said, I've been dealing with this for 14 years. I kind of know how to read the tea leaves at this point. Uh, so it could be a shitty holiday season. But we still have the Star Wars time show here. I'll still get up for that. And like I said, uh, Nick and I suffered through uh, my most recent bout in 2016. And we kept going. It didn't really yeah. affect anything. We made it through. But I will say that in 2016, we weren't doing three and a half hour long shows exactly. on live stream. It was a lot different back then. We also weren't on camera and yeah. it's not like, oh, I don't want people to see me this way. Trust me. My first bout, I was still working in corporate America and had to get up every single day and march into a manufacturing plant in Detroit, no less, with a bunch of, you know, hard ass union dudes with literally looking like every night my wife would beat me with a baseball bat in my face. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you see me itching, you know why? Yeah, it's not because my ass is itchy. It's yeah. something else. It's not the clap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't have to worry about stds anymore unless the old lady is is sneaking out on me i think I'm, I'm clear on that type of shit yeah um all right so i guess we'll we'll address some of the uh chat in here uh yes we will be on next week i will mm -hmm. nick is uh taking a big piss on all of you yeah for the he's not going to be here for the finale breakdown of the mandalorian i'm i'm, I'm sad but hey He's got to he's got to head back home. He's at least doing it the smart way. That's why yep. I'm I'm giving him the pass. <laughs> he is driving back to Nolens yep. instead of flying. Uh, so hey, Nick's gonna go take a break, have himself a good time. But yeah, I will be here the 22nd, and uh, we I may be I I've I've kind of threw this out there in our Discord, and I've also reached out to someone that has expressed interest in the past on IG. But I may be bringing on a guest host next week. Uh, I am pretty sure we're going to have the GTP toys guy as well. Uh, so the way I'm just kind of parsing my, you know, working through it in my head here, I I'm thinking I'm going to bring on Mike first. Yep. It'll be me and Mike. We'll do, you know, 30, 40 minutes, whatever. Talk about GTP toys. Talk about himself, his fandom a bit. And then if I do decide to bring in one of the guest hosts, uh, there you go, Tones. You're back, so I saved that for you. If I do bring in one of the guest hosts, I'd bring them in, I'd bring them in after that, like live. I'm going to try a whole new thing where I just bring them in through Skype, NDI, and the OBS. Live uh, transition. And, and as Nick is sitting there smiling, he's <laughs> like, well, that's going to fucking crash the, <laughs> crash the show, so have fun, asshole. 
that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, yeah. I'm, I'm about 80% decided on bringing in a guest host or not. And a lot of that is just personal laziness and having to work out a flow with someone that I haven't worked with before. Uh, not that I'm doubting anyone that, that volunteered to join, not that I'm doubting that you couldn't sit there and hold your own with me. It's just getting into the groove, working with your tech, bringing in your Skype feed, making sure all that shit works. So uh, those that have reached out, uh, I'll let you know within due time, probably Friday or by the end of this weekend, if I am going to bring in a co-host or maybe uh, multiple co-hosts. You never know, because it would be fun to just kind of powwow uh, for most of episode 142, which it will be about the finale of the Mando and obviously throwing out some speculations for season three, which we know is not coming until Christmas time. Thanks to that uh, just mega, mega big dick reveal by Disney last week, which obviously we will be getting into. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Nick, before we before we get into the Star Wars stuff and there is yeah. a lot. So strap in, my friends, and, and we, Nick and I are both committed to get through some of the lower hanging fruit quickly so we can get right to the gab fest type of topics, such as the the nine Disney Plus series. And I still only count nine motherfuckers unless they're counting Mandalorian as 10. Nick can correct me if I'm wrong, but I've only counted nine, even though they keep saying 10. Uh, but uh, we got plenty to talk about. But before we get there, I, I got to talk about what I've been getting into cyberpunk 2077 so you you made the jump so i haven't gotten it yet i did and first and foremost the fact that it has a a location in night city called haywood (laughs) that that sold it for me like i I didn't know that was coming when you turn on the game it's like uh, blah 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 in haywood the rough and tumble section of night city i'm like what it's even it's spelled like my Haywood, the H-E-Y, the proper way to spell yeah. Haywood. Anyone else that spells it any other way is wrong. Uh, so, you know, big, big thanks to CDPR, even though they're getting kicked in the mouth right now. But yeah, Nick, so I did. I took the plunge with Cyber on the newer console. So I'm es- essentially playing a last gen console game that wasn't designed for consoles on my Xbox Series X. Uh, I will tell you. That thankfully on the X, Nick, it does give you some performance settings. Yeah. Uh, You can change between a performance mode, which is for frame rate junkies, or a quality mode, which is for just overall excellence in visuals. Uh, You can tweak the HDR settings, nits, and all that fun stuff. And there's other visual tweaks. That's why I went Series X, because PS5, you didn't get any of those. You were just Mm. stuck with how they delivered it to you. And I will say, after reading an article on Forbes and and making some uh, dedicated tweaks to the visuals on Series X, it looks pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, It does not look as it should on the Series X. That's for damn sure. But I kind of knew that coming in, Nick, because... They're literally the Xbox One and the PS4 version of the game. There is no Series X or PS5 version yet. That is planned for 2021, and apparently I will get a free upgrade for buying the shitty version. Yeah, that's so the thing that's been holding me back is basically like the knowing all of the issues that are going on with the game and not wanting to get a last-gen version of it. So I'm I'm very torn right now between just buying the pc version because i now have my brand new video card and my system can basically run it at max settings on pc do it do it 
Yeah, so I mean, I could do it that way, which would probably be the proper way to play it, given what the development was like for it on consoles. So I, I mean, may, let's, I let's be it. real, Nick. We have now found out. I mean, Cyber or CDPR themselves yesterday sent out a letter saying, "Hey." Yeah, we pretty much bamboozled all you console fuckers. We never showed you what it was going to look like. We only always talked about the PC build because that's what we do. So, eh, it kind of yeah. sucked. It they, looks like shit. It's buggy. Some of you could hardly even use it if you just had a basic PS4, not a PS4 Pro. Uh, so we admit we fucked up and you can get your money back. And that, that's yeah, like... Yeah, they literally started giving out <laughs> refunds. Like, how do you not even they didn't even test it on the base model ps4 or xbox uh, one just, just, <laughs> they just they only tested it on the upgraded version they're, they're paying for it too because their <laughs> their stock took a hit i, I think yeah. it dropped by like a third yeah it's like 35 percent after all this shit it came out and it sucks because i love cdpr i really do i mean I've I worked with them way back in my uh, video game media days I can remember. I mean, when the, the when my last E3 in 2018, I got to see a you know a 60 minute closed door presentation of Cyberpunk back when it was even different than what we got now. I mean, it was so different than what we have now. When I finally, what I'd say, got out of the damn near five to six hour prologue and the title screen flash, Nick, that's what I Holy loved. I mean, fuck, you're playing in the game and you think you're like, all right, I'm in it. I'm in the main deal. Yeah. And this one part happens you're like "Ooh, that's pretty major that's not what i remember they must have changed that but then they're like cyberpunk 2077 essentially saying now you're getting to the real game yeah now the game's starting uh and, and like i said i mean I, this was a game that i've been dying to play uh, i was covering it way back in my media days and nick is right no one that has a series x or ps5 should technically be playing this right now on those consoles because you are not getting its best foot being put forward yeah uh it is going to be way better on pc so i think that's what nick should do especially after he spent his big boy money and got that new card yeah <laughs> uh because i i've seen comparisons of even a tweaked series x versus pc it's it's not even close like, yeah. like the, the the shading the lighting it's not even close uh, i think series x and ps5 will rival the pc when they actually get their <clears throat> next gen updates but if you went cyber as it was advertised pc or i've even heard that the stadia version because it's streaming the pc yeah. version performs well that's what i heard as well is a lot of people are really happy with stadia particularly yeah. <laughs> for this game and i was like really google stadia I know. and then but then like knowing how that system works you're essentially streaming it from the best pc build you could right. get and then you're just you know having it streamed to your tv then you know you, so, you really so as long as that. yeah as long as you have a viable i, I would say it have to be close to fiber optic speed i mean a, a gigabyte type of connection as long as you can pull pull data down, I, I've heard that the Stadia version is is damn near flawless. If you're someone that that bought that toy and hasn't used it yet, mm -hmm. uh, but overall, and we'll, we'll kind of end it here and get into the Star Wars stuff because we got a lot to talk about. But as as Kev's is saying in the chat, issues aside, I mean, I've had one wonky glitch where my car drove through the map and started doing like ballerina twists and uh, just bugged out. It's been. Nick, it's one of those games where it's hard to stop playing. It's yeah. just the world, Night City, is so alive. 
I would I would argue the story is compelling the the way it's delivered. Like I said, you're playing you're you're playing playing playing. You think you're already into the main the main <laughs> deal, and then bam, five hours in, it 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 hits you at the title screen. Like oh, now we're, we've now, arrived now at the party. See, oh, dude, the I world- almost I almost want to tell you like stop playing it so you can enjoy it. The, I like know. the full experience once it actually upgrades. But but here's the deal, Nick, and you're not wrong. You are not wrong, but I also know who I am. Yeah. And it's a game, if I don't play it now when it's out, by the time they update it in mid-2021, there's probably going to be another game or something else pulling at me, yeah. and it's going to get lost in the mix just like I did to Horizon Zero Dawn. Obviously, or I mean, I can't say obviously because I haven't beat it, uh, but from what you hear people say, AZD was one of the greatest first party new IPs ever created. Yeah. Yet, because I waited damn near three years to play it, it had aged already in terms of console development and what they could do. And there's just other shit to play. You know, Ghost was out there. The new consoles were coming. Spider-Man is just I, and it got lost. I didn't want that to happen to Cyberpunk. So. I'm taking it, you know, I'm taking one for the team here. I'm not going to let this one get uh, banished to my video game backlog, which at this point is still five years deep. Yeah, same. Of shit I missed just on last gen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I don't blame you. I, I would recommend not missing out on its release and just getting caught up in the hype right now, buddy, and doing the PC. Because uh, like Kev's is saying in here, it is a world kind of like a GTA, a Fallout 3, a Skyrim, where main missions are not. You can just get in there and just walk around and explore and live, breathe what CDPR infused. Let, let your dick hang out, literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yesterday, I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to fire up. All I did was was front on people <laughs> I, I would i would stand next to them until they got pissy and once they started you know hey what you want to go i'd be like pop 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 just fucking shoot them right there <laughs> take their guns take their cars if they had any and, and that was it. It, it there was no mission for that i was just like fuck it fuck this guy he's gonna talk shit to me clap you're gonna get clipped <laughs> and don't even get me started on the character creator holy shit yeah, I've heard. holy I've shit heard. and seen I've seen it, dude. I went with a female uh, yeah. and I'm not like that. Don't get on me like, oh, he's one of these SJW. No, I'm a, a, a white man that grew up my entire life playing burly white men as the main characters. Yeah. I actually love not playing as a white uh, protagonist in video games these days. It's different. Yeah. So I went with a punk rocker girl, gave her a nice set of boobs, and I actually opted to give her a vagina. I could have given her a dick. I mean, mean, it's, it's amazing what you can do in this game with the customizations. I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming on the guy, you could give the guy a vagina. Uh, and Nick, you should see the, the visual fidelity of said (laughs) body parts. I mean, what you can do with penises is absolutely amazing. It's like, this is what CDPR has been doing in the crunch. This is why it took so long. They were mastering the dong sliders. Yeah, the, the dick physics. They were trying to get it right. <laughs> Unbelievable. I loved it. So yeah, I'm I'm rolling with a a female V street kid build. Uh with, you know, decent, not overly large breasts, and I did give her a vagina. Yeah. 
Uh, and I love her. She's fantastic. I, I love that I went with a chick. I just, I, I think it flows for the story uh, and it makes things interesting, especially once you get to that. Oh, now you're in the game part. I'm not going to say anything because it is kind of a spoiler. Uh, yeah, as Kev's saying, uh, girls with PPs. <laughs> uh, all right. Anything, Nick, or should we just uh, dive into uh, this? Let's get into it, man, because right. there's a ton of us, like ton of for stuff. us to go through. And obviously we've kept all of the kind of low hanging toy stuff to the end and we'll pop through right. those really quickly. But Disney really just kind of shot their load <laughs> on us this week. But before we get into that, Matt does have a comic book breakdown for us that you know will what? lead us into all the goodness. If we were smart, because we knew this was coming. Yeah, we should have bought some fucking Disney stock because I believe it went up fifteen dollars on Friday after That's Thursday. Not a surprise. There, so, you yeah. know, if you're someone that, you know, I've opened an E-Trade lately with some of the Funko Pop money and I suck at it. Like <laughs> I'm fucking terrible. But the Disney deal, that's something that would have been a day trade. You just get in, you, you buy a bunch of stocks, wait for that jump, sell, sit on your 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 cash and then reinvest when it when it hit low. So, uh, all right, here we go, man. Uh, some of the low hanging fruit before we get into the Disney deal. We did get a new comic. And while I love breaking these down, Nick, I'll tell you what, this is back to back where the the standard Star Wars line of the 2020 runs uh was was kind of beat let down uh yeah it's like hey i mean i I, this is kind of the same rule that i have with mandalorian where i'm never going to say oh my god it was awful i had to suffer through that it's still star wars content it's canon content there there's some interesting tales in there but really the main star wars run has been uh just kind of ho-hum and, and, and number nine was no different. In fact, my big new canon moment was the fact that Lobot had dreadlocks. All right? <laughs> if that gives you an idea of what we're working with here, uh, if you're on the live stream, you can probably see the image. But Homeboy, yeah. if you look in, in, his, uh, in his headset, literally, Nick, he has all these like, cables coming out of it. Yeah. yeah. So you, you wonder, like, after they, and I, I believe it's leftovers from when they, uh, Lando and them saved him from Bespin, because those mm-hmm. that have been reading this, uh, he was hooked up to Bespin essentially as a computer for yeah, the Empire. I remember, yep. Uh, but they just didn't feel like uh, giving him a haircut. So <laughs> uh, that was really the, the biggest bit we got out of it. I mean, it, it, the main gist was they had to, they have to go and get this robot, Nick. Yeah, that can speak a a language that only this robot can speak, and the, the reason the rebels want the robot is because the the Imperials have cracked their code. Okay, so they need a new language, and they're going to use a, a dead ancient language that only this robot can speak. So they have to go steal it from Coruscant, no less. Uh, so they send Lando, uh, Poe, Dameron's parents before their parents actually go with them. So that was kind of a nice egg there. Cool. But I think one of the, the, the coolest things we got, and other fans that have seen this uh, pretty much confirmed that I was not being an asshole, but in this museum they go to, my friends, in the curator's private stash, there are two undeniably familiar-looking sci-fi movie props in there that we've, we've talked about mashing these franchises before. I don't know if it's ever been done in, in canon like this, but if you watch this video, I'm not going to play it for you now. When you're in this curator's archive, dude literally has a xenomorph skull and a fucking predator mannequin. 
Wow. In Star Wars. It's wow. undeniable. That is interesting because that then ties the Star Wars universe and galaxy to our very own. That's what I, it, it's know, crazy, Nick. That is like, that's I, pretty nuts. I know, you know, you're not like into the comics. I'm sure you didn't watch the video because no one watches the videos. That's fine. I do them for me and for the show. So we have something to talk about. But I, I there was multiple people that, that watched the video and commented. were like, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, that it's it's almost too coincidental just to be, oh, yeah, the artists, you know, just making them look similar. It's what does actually the artist a, not know what a xenomorph right. skull looks like? It's a, they're actually Kashikian warrior artifacts. Yeah. Like, no, no. There's a fucking predator face mask in there with the dreads and a xenomorph skull. Uh, so that that was really the the Easter eggs in Star Wars number nine. I know it says number seven on the graphic. That's because I'm stupid. Uh, the Easter eggs reign supreme in Star Wars number nine versus the canon. All right. Yeah. So uh, please check out the video if you're in the Star Wars comics or if you're in the Star Wars comics and don't feel like reading them because I essentially do story time with you. OK, my friend, uh, we also had another uh, quick hitter here, and that's the fact that what was it? I mean, I think it was Star Wars Celebration 2018 <laughs> or 19, where they they wheeled. I don't know if it was Kathy or or, or one of the Disney execs out there, and were like, you know what, people? Gosh darn it! None of this OT PTST shit anymore. We have three defined ages: yeah. the age of the Republic, the age of rebellion, and the age of resistance. And we we're like, "All right, whatever. Okay, we, we've got our official names now. Well, guess what, Nick? What happened? They then nuked those already. <laughs> it's done. That shit's done because of a little project called the High Republic, yes. which is ramping up right now. I, I think I've been reading that a lot of review outlets have been getting some of the first run materials to prepare. Uh, for the early January releases. I yep. think some people that pre-ordered are at least being notified that they're getting ready. But go I ahead, Nick. What, what are yeah. our new... How's the timeline named now thanks to the High Republic? So starting off the timeline is the High Republic. So that is the oldest uh, canon period in Star Wars now is the High Republic. And to give color to it, it says this is the official starting point for Star Wars canon said 200 years before the prequel trilogy. <laughs> it will be explored in the High Republic books and the 2021 uh, or the upcoming uh, Acolyte series from Leslie Headland. So that's the so first So Nick, one. does that, does that re-shit on some of the... It, wasn't Bane kinda, somewhat canonized? It kind of does. It kind of yeah. does because... I mean, Bane was in, like, you know, Clone Wars. I believe he was in Rebels at some point as well through Holocron. So, like, I don't know if they're just talking about, like, established, like, full-length time periods of, like, full content. Or if they're talking about, like, only this is canon now. But, yeah, like, Darth Bane was more than 200 years past in the past that was a thousand years in the past yeah so i mean <laughs> Who they've knows? essentially uh, created yet another schism in the star wars canon that's going to result in more angry episodes like we had last week where i'm yelling at people about stuff that's no longer canon yeah so <laughs> but they, very, they pretty much make it clear like hey uh the new official starting point is, is the, the high republic. republic yeah so we'll see we'll see how they treat any of the old, you know, characters that were just mentioned and didn't have full content dedicated to them. So High Republic first. Then it's the fall of the Jedi. So there is a massive gap between the High Republic and the next era because the fall of the Jedi covers 
all of the prequel trilogy movies, TPM, Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars TV series, and Revenge of the Sith. I, you know, I mean, I know we're, we're kind of shitting on this, but I do think the new names are better sense, right? Yes, I agree. No way I'm going to memorize all these. I'm at a hard time just doing three of them. I mean, we, we got six here. There's no fucking chance in hell. Yeah, and I'm sure this will be expanded on once we get to new content and everything like that. So, yeah, it, it will remain P-T-O-T-S-T or some version of that because the ages weren't around long enough to actually matter, it seems like. Um, so Fall of the Jedi is all of the prequel trilogy movies. Next up is Reign of the Empire. Um, so Reign of the Empire is basically covering Bad Batch and Solo, which is interesting that they have your own name for that section when you only have two, I mean, let's be real, small pieces of content in it. Hopefully we get a little bit more well, to fill in those gaps. Shouldn't, I, I think Kenobi would fit in that too, though, right? Kenobi would Because they don't even list it in Age of Rebellion. I, I'm pretty sure Kenobi goes right here because it would take place in between Bad Batch and Solo. Yeah, so I would imagine that that's going to fall within the reign yeah, of the I, Empire. Yeah, I think Kenobi's There's no way it would, it would... It's too far after to be in the fall of the Jedi era. Right. No, it, it's... I, I'm going Kenobi is 100% reign of the Empire because it, yeah. it, it, it will take place after Bad Batch. Yes. So Bad Batch and Solo is your reign of the Empire content for now. Like Matt said, probably Kenobi in there as well. We do keep one of the old names. So Age of Rebellion <laughs> is still in there. Age of Rebellion was the original name for basically all of your original trilogy content. Uh, yeah. And that one made the most sense when they were doing the ages thing. So I, I, I'm fine with that. So that is going to be... Um, uh, Rebels Rogue One, New Hope, ESB, Return of the Jedi. So all of your, um, you know, your your Rebellion era content is Age of the Rebellion. Makes sense. Then you have the New Republic. That's the that's a a new one post Age of the Rebellion. Right. So that's Mando timeline. So everything Mandalorian is happening within the New Republic timeline, and then that will also uh, contain the a couple of new series that are coming up um the ahsoka series the rangers of the new republic series and uh likely that's it um yeah because andor's that's another andor's probably it probably lives in between rain and age of rebellion depending on yeah. what time period they're they're dealing with yeah i mean depending on how like that lines up with star wars rebels timeline um that that could fall either in reign of the empire or age of the right. rebellion i mean if we're, if we're getting a lot of young cassian because I, I believe we are at least going to get flashbacks to when he was little that young young yeah. that could go back as far as fall of the jedi mixing some reign of the empire exactly because uh, i believe i don't know much about cassian outside of the movie i suck at this but i believe he or his family were separatists hmm yeah. yeah, I'm not sure either. That would be interesting, though, to kind of delve into that with Fall of the Jedi. Right, and, and when we get to the cat, the Andor sizzle reel, we're, we're going to look at some of the concept art, and, and it does kind of place... I think it gives us hints at the different timelines that this show is going to live in, and I, I think it could span Fall of Jedi, Reign of Empire, all the way up to Age of Rebellion. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly Fall Jedi, Reign of the Empire, though. Yeah. For and Andor. Yeah, for, for Andor specifically. So, I, I mean, and that looks awesome. And like you said, we'll get to that uh, up next. But the last era for now, and I'm Everyone, sure that this Everyone's is, favorite era. Yeah, I'm sure this will be expanded <laughs> upon the eras. Um, this is the Rise of the First Order era. So this is covering all 
of the sequel trilogy content, including Star Wars Resistance cartoon series. So Kaz! Star Wars Resistance, Force Awakens, TLJ, Rise of Skywalker is all falling within the Rise of the First Order um, era now, time period for Star Wars. Um, there's a lot to talk about in terms of where things fall for all of the new content and potentially more expansion beyond just what, you know, those eras that we have now. Right. That I think the Tyka stuff and I've, I've been reading Nick, we didn't post it cause I didn't feel like it was quite a strong argument yet. Uh, but there's a good chance that his stuff may be like Dawn of the Jedi era type of stuff. Kathy said multiple times in her uh in her conference during the disney investors call a new future era of star wars new future era of star wars she said that multiple times yeah i know and and that's why i didn't run with this other stuff because this other stuff they're pitching it as well did you see the the star wars logo was almost like stone it was like cracky and they had that pyramid or object in space and that was in dawn of the jedi and blah to do and this is where i I get lost because it's eu shit nick would have to like come in and comment on what the fuck all that is I mean, like, it's, apparently it's, Don the Jedi is like some book that we all should potentially read one day, even though it, I believe it's all horseshit at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is old canon content, so it's not necessarily going there. I mean, the, the hard the hard part about that is a new future era of Star Wars could mean it a lot. It could mean a lot of different things. It could mean th- that it's coming in the future in uh, our yes. time. <laughs> yeah, like, that's exactly right. You know, it could that it could mean right. that or it could mean the future for the actual timeline, exactly. but like it's it's hard to to distinguish where that is. Like is the future past the uh you know rise the, the of rise the first, of the first order, order? <laughs> or is that, you know, or is the future somewhere else? Like we don't know how that all lands. Or, or is the future truly in the past? You know, yeah. we've all seen movies where these amazing civilizations eat themselves and turn into dust, and then future civilizations are like, "Wow, you remember? You know, these people had all this technology." I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn's a perfect example. Yeah, uh, shit like that, where we, you did have these very advanced civilizations that essentially wiped themselves out. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to Tyka's project, because they did kind of wordsmith the, with the future era, as Nick said. Is it future our timeline, future Star Wars timeline? Should we look at the logo being stone and cracked as, yes, this is an origin point for Force users in the Star Wars galaxy? Uh, either way, uh, knowing that Tyka is behind it, I'm not worried in the least. Yeah. I think it's going to be fucking fantastic. Pretty high. Okay. So those are our new ages. We've gone from three to six. Uh, Nick will be tasked with memorizing all these, but we start with the High Republic. We bleed into the fall of the Jedi. We then go with the reign of the Empire to the age of the Rebellion to the New Republic, and we end with Rise of the First Order. Uh, exciting times. I mean, I know a bunch of people and last week I got a little angry, like, oh, Mando's brought Star Wars back to life. Like, what do you get? What are you people talking about at this point? You, you think that uh, that presentation last week, they just pulled out of their ass on Wednesday to present a Thursday? I mean, all that <laughs> stuff's been in the works for years. Yeah, yeah. They know what they're doing. They just didn't know what to do with the fucking trilogies. I will agree with everyone there. The, 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 the trilogies are what Disney just completely bumble fucked. No doubt about it. We've said the line here a million times. It's not worth going over. Each film in the trilogy on its own, not too bad. TFA, probably the best. 
But when you string them together and you try to say that it has a coherent narrative, uh, they absolutely do not. So uh, I think Disney's doing quite all right. Yeah, I think. Uh, Besides, we got we got the fucking Mandalorian people. Like, what else do you want? Go go go! Bitch about Boba Fett's new armor paint. That that have fun bitching about that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to though, and that's the good thing is that Disney did not skimp out or or shy away. At least they're not like EA and just sitting on the fucking license and doing nothing. Exactly, like they they could literally shelve it. Like Disney has the right to do whatever they want with the Star Wars franchise, but you know what? Like they're actively developing a ton of new stuff, and and you know whether it be new movies or Disney plus series, there's a lot to come. And that's what, you know, we all got treated to during this investors call. I do. And I I think a lot of what they announced last Thursday was a 100% reaction to the state of our world right now. Yeah. If you Uh, watch that, they're, they're, they're so scaled back. They've increased their number of volumes. They're going balls deep into uh, small scale production, but giving us, blockbuster like experiences exactly so, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it i watched for the it. investors call for about two hours um so just as soon as star wars content ended i stopped watching it but their their presentation for that two hours only four hour long call for that two and a half hours was completely and utterly focused on the success of their streaming channels whether it be disney plus hulu espn plus so their content and the way that they're delivering their content in the future is completely based around the success of those channels, specifically Disney Plus, that has nine almost ninety million subscribers yeah. to Nick, this point. Well, they hit their. You told me they hit their twenty twenty four goal already. Yes, in, in already. terms of subscribers. Nick also told me. Now this is all going on. I'm trying to like get a workout going. Yeah. This guy like immediately pulled me out of my zone. I, I think for 15 minutes, I was just sitting there like tick, tap, 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 tap. Oh, Nick, that's cool. Oh, my God, that's so awesome. Like two little girls are sitting there. I'm like, shit, I just lost my pump. But last Thursday was a joyous day for Star Wars fans. And Nick, I don't know if you had it in you after spending two hours on that stream. Did you tune into the Game Awards? No, we also got a bunch of new video game reveals and all the awards went out. Yeah, I feel like The Last of Us earned everything it got. I mean, that game is a fucking piece of art. Yeah. Uh, I wish Ghost got a little more love. It it won an award here or there. But I mean, Tulu 2 definitely... Uh, earned everything but we we got what a new dragon age look we got i think a confirmation of a legit mass effect continuation of mass effect 3 not that crap we got a few years ago yeah yeah yeah. last thursday was fucking awesome for pop culture geeks and nerds like like nick and i and most people that listen but yeah if you want to know how much this is how much money disney makes (laughs) i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell you people they make they have 86.6 million subscribers for Disney Plus. That means they make $600 million a month on <laughs> Disney Plus alone. So if you if you extrapolate that over a year, that's $7.2 billion a year on just Disney Plus. Bro, y- you know they're rolling in the D plus money so hard when their <laughs> stock goes up like that and they still have an entire theme park closed in America uh, their, their cruise business is essentially dead uh, and, and, and any of their travel locations are essentially dead. Yeah. Yet they're 
the market was so impressed with their Disney Plus results and future offerings. They're like, hey, yeah, I mean, you essentially are kneecapped with half of your business model, but we're still going to go ahead and jack up your stock because you're doing all right. Yeah. 600 plus million a month. <laughs> yeah, on just Disney. That doesn't wow. even include the 40 million subscribers they have through Hulu, which they're a majority uh, owner of. And it uh, doesn't include the... Fifth, eight, like eight to ten million subscribers they have for ESPN Plus. So their streaming service is now the primary, probably the primary driver of all revenue for Disney, which is fucking crazy to think about. And, and you know what? They know they have such a good thing. They're ramrodding a price increase through for all of us in the yeah. coming months. Yep, they're two <laughs> extra dollars per month for your Disney it's like, Plus sub. They better honor. I I signed up for a three year fucking deal. At yeah. a set price. I don't know how they're dealing with that or I'm if they're just jibbing people that signed up on their own. I'm sure. But didn't you be. do a bundle yourself? I did do a bundle. So I, I have the Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, Hulu bundle. So, so do you think yours is going up or were, was that a contract deal for a set amount of years at a locked price? I assume it's going to go up. I assume that my price yeah, you, is you know there was there was some fine print that said, hey, by the way, assholes, even though we were said you're locked in at this for three years, you're not. Yeah, if this is commensurate to price increases right. along the yeah, way. If, so hey, that's, by that's, the way, if we start making a lot of money, we're we're gonna increase your subscription gonna, fee. You're you're gonna go up. So um during that call, and this was all this all this happened before the Star Wars announcement. So during this call, we finally get to the Star Wars point. Bob Iger comes out and reveals that there will be 10 new and original Star Wars uh, series coming to Disney+. Plus. I'm still and going with nine. So Someone we did, find yeah, me we got 10. nine of them revealed. So <laughs> I don't know if there's the like, a, like a hidden 10th project somewhere. It, it could be Mando, like you mentioned, though. He could be, you know. It, it has to be, because, Nick, I was going nuts, because you know, I'm like OCD with this shit. If someone says 10, there better fucking be 10. Yeah. And, you know, I came in here and edited just to give us some images here, but you mm -hmm. actually, you had them bullet pointed, so it was very easy to count. Hell, you had them bullet pointed with numbers, and it still only said 9. <laughs> I was like, where is Disney getting this 10? It has to be the Mandalorian. Yeah. Either way, we're not here to debate semantics. Let's get right into all of the new shows coming to Disney+. Plus in the future some as soon as 2021 uh just a lot of excitement in the yeah. air at least for for star wars fans we got a lot of shit going on and at least two of these projects you can directly thank john favreau and dave filoni for the mandalorian because now we're finally getting the light shed on the spinoffs we're getting that will come back in and maybe cross paths here or there I just saw Pedro today. He's like, fuck yeah, I better be in uh, Rangers or fuck yeah, I better be in Ahsoka. Yeah, uh, they got and, into my shit. I better right. get into theirs. So uh, the first one we have in our list here, and we're counting, so one is Rangers of the New Republic. Yes. And more than likely, Nick, this was the show we were hearing about how Cara Dune may be going off with other uh, side characters we met. I know the KRT boys are... Sadly, yeah. pumping their chests on Reddit again. Everyone's like, hey, look, they got some quasi shit right in all these Disney announcements. So I guess they're good again. I'm like, what? They said they didn't even say it was Rangers. They said it was the Cara Dune and Bo-Katan Bo show. Spinoff. But, but here's the thing is like they're beating their chest about it. There's been no so no stars are announced for this. Some of them, some of the series, we did get stars announced. We did right. get. Uh, cast members announced Rangers of the, uh, of the New Republic no announcements yet and technically 
while it likely is Cara Dune, Cara Dune is not a ranger. She is a marshal. Um, so this is a live action series that is set to release based off of what we heard in December of 2021, to my understanding. Um, this is one of the shows that Matt mentioned that will intertwine. This, will, this show will play in the same timeline along with the Mandalorian. Oh, so, so this is dropping day and date, maybe not day and date, but same window as Mando S3 then. From, from my understanding and the way that Kathy kind of explained, like laid this, the next one and Mando episode, uh, season three out, like all of these feel like they're supposed to be dropping in and around the same release window. Uh, yeah, so it's like, hey, maybe the Mandalorian starts and you get an episode where you hear the Rangers and then boom, that that series starts the next week. I mean, can that's you like can you imagine a a fry? I mean, like for you, it would be a complete nightmare. No, if I'll, you I'll kill myself. Don't do this to me. Yeah, Nick. if if you have like a Friday Mando, Saturday Rangers, Sunday the that's next what I say one to that is Ahsoka. No, no. that would Please, be no. Please. <laughs> I mean, that Friday was bad enough. Like I I do I do enjoy doing this shit, or I would stop. I'm not that big of an idiot to realize I I'm wasting my life. I mean, I do it because it's almost like I have to exercise some Star Wars demons out of my system every week. I just have to do it. Yeah. It's like in our Discord, I'm talking, you know, Thursday night, I knew I wasn't going to do anything with Bad Batch. It was late. I didn't f- feel like fucking with it. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'll probably just leave it alone. Nope. Sure as fucking shit. Yeah. Come Friday after I got done with my Mando stuff, I could not let it go. I had to go through and take screenshots of the Bad Batch trailer and do a little video on it. It, it's, it is a sickness. Yeah. It, it, it's another form of OCD where I feel I'm going to die if I don't get my opinions out on something Star Wars, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I understand it. It's a me problem. I, I, but, I see. But, but Nick's right. I mean, if, if we're going to have three fucking shows dropping on the same day, I'll be dead. Yeah. I see some people in the chat already saying like, yeah, well, they're going to trim this down. And Brando specifically called out like the that Marvel trim She-Hulk. She-Hulk is coming out. That was announced in the investors call as well Is that is a live action Marvel's Marvel series that's coming to Disney plus. So that's not trimmed. Yeah. I, I think at this point, once, once they barf these out there, it's on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's money has been back. invested into these. I would assume they're, they're already shooting Ahsoka. They're already shooting Rangers. Yeah. For a uh, 2021 release, these two series are likely already starting pre-production or will be starting pre-production right. very soon. So. Yeah, they're on. So, I mean, we, we can't do too much on Rangers, but I think candidates, obviously, after S2E7, our man Bill Burr, the man who hates Star Wars yet <laughs> somehow performs quite excellently in it, he's a candidate now for a Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah, I mean, you got Kara, a lot of... Carson, ten- Trapper Wolf, all these guys we've seen in Mando, and it is, it's all coming to fruition. Don't act like, I mean, this stuff should not surprise diehard Star Wars fans. Yeah. Uh, John and Dave, they were sprinkling this shit in their interviews all fall long before Mando S2 debuted. This is it. We're starting to see the fruit now. We got the soft pilot of Ahsoka in S2E5. That's what that is. Uh, more than likely, what was going on with Mayfeld and some of the shit they're doing with Fennec and Kara being buddies, probably starting to, uh, you know, mix ingredients for Rangers of the New Republic. Yeah, so. I mean, you could bring, you could even like, depending on how things go with Boba and Fennec, like you said, you could bring in Boba and Fennec, then you have Mayfeld, then you have Kara, right. then you have all of these ancillary characters that kind of popped in and had big impacts on Mando's 
journey could all be a large part of the Rangers of the New Republic series, which I hope kind of turns into not really an anthology, but doesn't really have one set focused character like we have with the Mandalorian where we're looking yeah, at. So it's, you know, every episode kind of gives you a, a new story, maybe new characters. Uh, so you get a, a nice wide tour of what the New Republic has been up to, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it looks like Adrian, our good buddy, is not a fan of Burr. He says, <laughs> he says, boo, Bill Burr is whack. Well, yeah. putting it out and there. And Connor right? in here in the chat, he works in the film business and he agrees if, if they're shooting for 2021 release, uh, pre-production is easily happening, if not starting to, to shoot a bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I bet they're almost getting ready to lay down uh, season three, the Mando, if not doing that right now. They're, so. Yeah, they're probably, you know, well on their way there as well. So the All next right. one uh, after Rangers of the New Republic is the Ahsoka series. So it's just called Ahsoka. And as Matt has expertly pointed out, um, the logo itself for Ahsoka is very, very important. Yeah, because I, it, I think. The, the logo is a dead giveaway, right? Yeah. This, it is world between worlds. Yes. Uh, which the character obviously her her own life was was spared through that or at least that's how they they uh, finished the duel with her invader where we really didn't see what happened but we just kind of figured she was fucked. Uh, World between worlds. This is this is the old time travel in Star Wars. And honestly, Nick, now that we see this logo, I'm starting to think that Ahsoka is going to do for Ezra what he did for her. Yeah, it's very She possible. is probably, and this probably explains why Thrawn and Ezra survived a trip in hyperspace with, without a hermetically sealed Star Destroyer bridge. There's a good chance we're going to see her reach right through that portal and snap at Ezra before he gets sucked out with the hyperspace whales. Yeah. It could be that, or it could be something else where she's using the world between worlds. But the fact that they went so hardcore... In just her logo on the uh, themes of the world between worlds. I mean, you got the graphic in behind. Even the font Mm -hmm. is world between worlds inspired. I mean, the O is like the damn symbol that lit up when I think he went through the the, the archways or or the the circular uh, portals they go through. Uh, So, my God, Nick, that opens up an insane amount of possibilities exactly. it may address that shit dave was telling us like hey how do you know mandalorian or that was taking place after mando or before mando because when you introduce time travel they, you introduce timelines <laughs> shit gets squirrely so yeah i mean that you could do a fucking ton with with uh time travel especially in star wars given how robust the uh the offering is in terms of content um, so Ahsoka series will also run concurrent to Mandalorian. So we're going to be playing. You're going to basically have three interweaving series. You're going to have Mando, Rangers in the New Republic, and then Ahsoka. But like Matt mentioned, Ahsoka could kind of jump all over the place. She, she might be in, you know, the the age of the, you know, or the whatever, the the age of rebellion timeline with the rebels character, she could be somewhere she could go else. To the she future could, and like piss on zombie Palpatine if she wants yeah, to. I mean, there's, she could play around in a lot of different areas given this world between worlds, clear connection here. Yeah. Um, Kathy also called out that these three shows, Mando Rangers and Ahsoka will culminate in a climactic story event that will tie all three series together. Okay, so before we, we kind of really dive into that, when she throws out culminate, are we talking 
Mando's done after three seasons. I, yeah, dude, or, it's, it's tough. Or Ahsoka's a special run, and and New Republic or Rangers is a special run, and they're going to culminate with a, a mega story in, in Mando. Or is that saying, if you read it, culminate in a climactic story event? Is that saying all this shit's going away in 2021, and I'm ready to cry? It it, it <laughs> it's <laughs> tough. I mean, come it's, on, it's hard to tell. Don't, don't, don't kick would, me while I'm down. I would take it as. The Ahsoka and Rangers series are probably one season runs okay. to like add flavor and spice to the New Republic timeline. Or and I then mean, she could Mando also continues. She could also just be blowing putting it out there, like yo, know, in time when these stories are ready to wrap, they're gonna have an Avengers event. Yeah, like the in, Infinity like a, War in, to Endgame type of event. Exactly, and who knows? I mean. That that could be, you know, three seasons down the line for Ahsoka. That could be, you know, which would make season five or six for, for Mando. Like, it, she didn't say like, hey, all this shit's coming to an end 2022. That definitely wasn't in there. But she did make sure to call out this culmination of a climactic well, story. Nick, it could also be, I mean, I, I'm being an asswipe here. We're just, we're really uh, getting anal about the, <laughs> the English language. Yeah. It could also just mean their seasons are all going to culminate in a singular event. Yeah, and then meaning you, they, they all will funnel continue. together and end in a, a special like mini movie episode that is the end of Mando, the end of Ahsoka, and the end of Rangers for that run. I mean, right? dude, for for season one and three, could you imagine if they allowed Filoni and and Favreau like, hey, you guys are doing all three of these, so here's what we'll do. You get three concurrent seasons of each of them, and then you get a movie at the end of each season. Like, did you they, get a, Nick? That's a good point. Did they announce who gets these? Like, who's running these motherfuckers? Nothing for Rangers and for Ahsoka. But you, you, you would think yeah. Dave is at least, at least tangentially attached to if he's his not, creation. If right? he's not EP on both of these, then something's wrong. Like, you know, I know that Dave is probably pretty you know stretched thin at this point with bat i mean i'm sure he's working on bad batch obviously mando and then if he's going to be on ahsoka and on rangers like that's a lot of content for one person to be that's what i mean is like i wonder how they're uh, splitting up show running responsibilities i mean will will dave be more of the floater now yeah you know john keeps his baby because a lot of people forget and, and we're, we're bad at it too everyone's sitting here like oh dave filoni is god john favreau created the mandalorian yeah he is the one that pitched the idea he is the one that came up with grogu he brought in dave because he's smart and he knew he know he knew that dave would take his vision and star wars it yeah uh, so let, let's not forget what, what John did. So maybe maybe John just retakes over Mando more than he has these first two seasons and Dave gets to play with his lady love. Yeah, it's um, very possible. But you would hope Dave is attached to Ahsoka in, in, in the minimum. Yeah. At the minimum. You know, some people in the chat right now, action figure Neverland calling out like it's similar to what Netflix did with the Defenders where you Could have be, like, yeah. three or like, series, you know, running. Tones. I said it before I saw his comment, but you you almost have like a mini movie at the end that yeah. just ends each series, but doesn't really end that end their runs. Yeah, it's just a season, uh, like a season finale movie or something like that. So I, I'd totally be down with that. I mean, I, I feel like the Mandalorian, they could. They could uh, uh, Walking Dead that shit. 
Yeah. Right. I mean, it could go forever. I do feel like Ahsoka has a limited a freshness shelf. setting on it. You know, like you, you don't want to overdo it with just one character. Yeah. And I do think Ahsoka and Rangers, they're still they are, you know, programming language here, but they are the children objects of the Mandalorian parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think the Mandalorian is the tentpole production uh that is the bread and butter that is where they kind of test these franchises and see how audiences react uh so i i I could i could see both ahsoka and rangers being much shorter run series than what the the mandalorian ultimately will be and i hope to god mando is not just done it at season three i'm pretty then we we learned through gene carlo that there's at least four seasons yeah right? he said like <laughs> season three season four like he mentioned yeah. season four i love that guy so i love um, that guy yeah so i mean so these are the two series that will be happening in the new republic timeline right next to the mandalorian essentially right. a a three series kind of interwoven plot line. That's gonna and you know what it these. you know what it does. I think it just further destroys our season two prediction powers because uh, yeah. I think they're going to be saving those big mega team ups now for for this big culmination yeah. climactic event. Like, it, uh, would you bring Ezra in if you now have a solo Ahsoka series? Where that's you what I mean. That? It's like I was I was really still even after seven. We'll, we'll get there. I was still thinking like, all right, well, Ahsoka's probably going to show up. The Jedi called's probably going to show up. Bo-Katan's probably going to show up. I'm starting to think that that ain't going to be the case especially with the the way these at least these two uh new republic age shows have been described yeah uh, i think they're saving that big uh mcu type of team up for when these launch next year yeah uh, not that that's going to take away from this finale we're about to uh, i'm going to say suffer through because i do <laughs> not think it's going to go our way no uh, if you're a fan and you take this stuff like it's real life. I, I just do not see episode eight ending in a very positive note. Yeah. Uh, and I do not think the team up is coming that I had predicted two episodes ago before we saw seven. There, there's still going to be some form of a team up. Still think the Jedi is going to show up probably too late, but I don't think it's going to be uh, the Avengers type of event that I was I was predicting. So uh, awesome. Ahsoka, fantastic. All right. Andor. Uh, for Andor, I'm going to go ahead and switch to another post where I actually broke out some of the concept art because that gives us something to riff on. Yes. Uh, I thought the sizzle rear was fantastic. Uh, they, they said all the right stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, listening to Diego and just seeing how excited he was, seeing the sets, uh, I think it's going to be badass. But uh, the, the concept art really gave us uh, a, a better idea of what we're kind of getting into here. So I've got that pulled up right now on the live stream. Uh, as we said, I, I, it is probably going to span uh, decades of his life. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think we'll be starting as, as far back as the prequel era. Then we'll get into some of the reign of the empire stuff. And that, that, that could be where a lot of it sits because again, we we've seen the age of rebellion Cassian. Yes. That that is his Rogue One version of the character. Uh some interesting concept. I mean, somebody you just look at it, you're like, all right, whatever. But I mean, uh, particularly the, I, the the building of the light cruiser, like the Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So it, it's almost like I I've guessed, I'm guessing that the shot we're looking at, there's concept art of these old Republic cruisers 
on their sides and it looks like wherever these are at people have turned them into livable structures yeah so i'm speculating this could very well be cassian's boyhood home mm-hmm. uh you know or a planet we see him on when it, when he's very young because yeah. I, I think once we get closer to the age of rebellion a lot of this type of shit would probably be blown up wasted from you know wars with the empire so on and so forth yeah uh, this scene here, Nick, and uh, let me know what you think. I think this could be an Imperial conditioning center. It, uh, you you yeah. got the t- torture you bots, see? and then you got all these little pods. The little pods remind me of the learning units that the clones sat in on Camino. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking this is either like Imperial conditioning where they're taking people like, no, you're becoming a fucking stormtrooper. Mm-hmm. And there's a good chance that uh, Cassian, as a young boy, might have been conscripted into this shit. And maybe we'll see like him break out. Uh, I also said maybe this is a prison, but I, I really think this image we're looking at, and again, we're looking at the, the Andor concept art, uh, it's this image of a huge, white, sterile-looking, clearly an Imperial installation. Yeah. But the fact that you got the the torture bots flying around, yeah, you know, Tarkin's thing. buddies, uh, I'm thinking it's it's a, a detention center or a conditioning center. Yeah. Conditioning meaning... Oh, we grabbed young Cassian. You're going to become a buckethead. And you may not like it now, but by the time you get done with this uh, brainwashing, you will be for the Empire. Long live the Empire. That type of shit. It could definitely go both ways because, I mean, it it would not be surprising that, you know, during his days as a a rebellion spy that he gets caught and captured and he needs to be broken out of an imperial prison or something like that. So it, it could definitely be a prison as well. But a conditioning center... I, like if you look at it, like you said, you know, specifically if you look at like the right side of the image, you can see these kind of like curved rooms and you can see screens and you could even in one image, you can like yeah. vaguely see a person sitting in front of one of these screens. Um, so a conditioning center or some sort of like training, uh, you know, training. Exactly. Facility. It's like that. We want you poster, but for the Imperials, and it's just nonstop imagery. They get shot at their face until they become. Uh, literally a, a a machine a tool for the empire that also can't hit the broadside of a barn door yeah yeah it's very very possible uh, um but yeah i mean andor was a series that not necessarily was revealed to uh, for the first time through this obviously we knew that the series was in production um but it is now given a more firm date so this is supposed to release uh in 2022 with a 12 episode run um so it it just one season then with that long run so that's what it seems like 12 episodes i mean for them to like for kathy to specifically call out a 12 episode run makes me think that it is only going to be one season i can see how it would be hard to extend that into multiple i agree uh yeah given you know that the character is basically done and dusted before you even get to the the original trilogy exactly um, no so, I, i'm with yeah. you man i i don't think it, this isn't like the mandalorian where you just start with an ominous no-name character that you can then build into a fan favorite here we are working with an established canon character we know as nick said we know his fate yeah there's really not much they can do uh post rogue one and really how much story can you tell of a young Cassian and how he becomes essentially an assassin for the, uh, the rebellion. So I, I think you're, you're spot on, but I, I mean, I'll take a 12 
a 12 run special event series. There's nothing wrong with yeah, that. I mean, if you get 12, 30 minute episodes, you're talking six hours of content. I mean, right, I'm, dude, I'm definitely I mean, I've said it before. It. I mean, you could shit in a box and tape <laughs> star Wars on it and I'll at least check it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll it. give I'll it a tune into it. See how, it, you know, like if Nick's like, Hey, tonight I'm going to take a dump on my doorstep to John Williams, Star Wars music. I'm like, hey, that seems weird, but it's Star Wars. I'll tune in, see yeah, what he's up to. Some kind of content. So, uh, and this is uh, created by Gilroy. So Tony Gilroy, as you yeah, know, another person that fucking hates, hates Star, Star Wars, Wars yet gets to play in it and be uh, applauded for it. Yes, uh, him and Bill Burr. It's like, why the fuck? It always happens to the people that hate things the most. They get the best. Yeah. So that is uh, created and run by Gilroy. So yeah, um, good shit there. Um, next up, the official announcement of the Obi series. Oh yeah, but. You know, we all know that the Obi series is happening. Yeah, that that the, the big the big the deal big. here was our boy. And this is something that we fucking called out before Rogue One even released. Go Thank back you. into the archives. Thank go you. Go back to EB. Me and Matt started this campaign. Listen to this man. Like this was when did Rogue One release? This was probably four years ago. Oh fuck! I mean, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. This. Re- yeah. Because December twenty sixteen. Yeah. December 2016 is when it released. And we started calling for this when Rogue One was first announced. So this was probably 20, like 2015. Me and Matt were out there stumping. Hayden for Vader. Hayden for Vader. Thank you. And fucking- I didn't think I was going to have a champion moment today, Nick, but you're giving it to me and <laughs> yeah. I feel great. Let me pound my chest over this. Dude. Ah! So. Yeah. The- Listen oh. to this man. Like, Where have you people been? This We're the was- best. At speculating shit that no one listens to <laughs> or remembers, so we never increase our following. Yes, but this was something that we called out. <laughs> so Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Love Vader. It. Love it. In the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which is set 10 years after. Uh, Love Rocks. it. All right, so let me address some of the stuff I've been seeing. First and foremost, when I when I told this to Stump Buddy, he's like, why the fuck are they bringing Hayden back? It'll be stupid. It'll be like Pedro Pascal in the armor. You could put... He's like, I mean, I could be Darth Vader on stilts, essentially. And I was like, well, yeah, but you don't think they're going to do any fucking flashbacks? Yeah. You don't think a guy that, you got to remember, Obi-Wan, as much as he was angry at Anakin, he was fucking gutted that he failed. He felt it was his fucking fault that Anakin ended up being an asshole. Not Anakin's own decisions. Kenobi, you were my brother, Anakin! Think about the state of mind this guy is in. He just watched his entire order get fucking wiped out. He, he, he thinks he murdered his best friend because his best friend turned into an asswipe. He's essentially been banished to the Dune Sea to babysit his best friend's offspring to make sure said offspring doesn't become another nut job. <laughs> he's not going to be in the best mental condition in yes. Kenobi. I'm talking about Kenobi. So I could very well see these two either having the force connections that were established in TLJ, like literally sitting there and conversing through the force, seeing each other mm-hmm. or Obi-Wan lamenting or remembering good parts of Anakin in the past. Yeah. Uh, I think any shots we get of Hayden unmasked will be of 
Anakin and Obi-Wan as brothers, the good times they had. Because I think a lot of a lot of reasons Hayden's gonna be used is to highlight how much Ben loved that man, how much Anakin meant to him, and how much Kenobi is still reeling over the fact that he watched his best friend and brother betray him, his order, uh, kill his friends, this, that, and the other thing. So that, that's yeah. why Hayden was brought back. Not, and, and, not to be in the armor, but for flashbacks. Yeah, and, and look, you know, if Vader was going to play a minimal part in this series, they wouldn't have brought back Hayden. Like, right. they specifically called it, like, if this was going to be solely focused on Kenobi and then Vader was going to be like this side character that you see, you know, five... Five seconds here, five seconds there. They wouldn't have brought back Hayden. So in my opinion, Vader, even in the mask, in the suit, and if if Hayden is in the suit, he's going to play a major part in this series. Like, there's no way that you bring back Hayden Christensen for for essentially a nothing role. Like, that's a pretty big deal. Right. To have him back in the suit. I I mean, Stump Buddy made a good point. It's like, I mean... Why Hayden, if he's not out of the armor? I just, he should have realized yeah. that before he asked the question, because it's a dumb question. Oh, yeah. And I mean, oh, even he, if you get a scene like we saw him in the back to tank. Yeah, Tones, Tones just said that. I want, I, I, honestly, Tones, I want that more than just seeing long hair, curly boy Anakin. Yeah. I want, I want to see Vader suffering outside of his armor i want a clear image of it i don't want any camera tricks i don't want any quick cuts to where you don't see the fucking face i want to see his destroyed body yeah like in fact i want i want to hear his thoughts maybe he even is talking when he's meditating that to me would be better than any sort of flashback featuring hayden i want to see the devastated form of anakin skywalker Mm -hmm. not not the armor we all love him in his armor i want to see the broken shell uh the literally he's a lump he has one fucking arm that's it that's all he has Mm -hmm. everything else is fake he has he has lumps and robotics so i want to see him deconstructed and actually act out a scene not just like quick ooh, there it was and then it's gone dude i really hope that this now that hayden is back officially he's in the fold i hope that this that kenobi can turn into a like a proper vader series with him there with hayden starring nice. as vader i mean kev's got another kev's got another great point ahsoka would be a good character for this series, either in flashbacks or present time. Yeah. I mean, did she ever visit Kenobi on Tatooine? Did she know Kenobi made it out? Does yeah. Kenobi know Ahsoka made it out? Uh, and now that she is live action, she easily could come in. I mean, if, if they did flashbacks, as Kev's saying here, you may, the whole Rosario thing may not work, but yeah, I, I'm sure they could figure things out. So, yeah. I, I mean... Getting the Hayden confirmation as Vader was was everything. We we knew Kenobi was coming. We knew it was going to be fucking awesome. I mean, it's it's you and McGregor as Obi Wan Kenobi again. Yeah, uh, not on green screen sets, on actual stuff that I think is going to make his portrayal of the character even greater than it was in the three prequel movies. Yep. Um, but, so, but had having Vader there in particular, Hayden, just that, that is the cherry on top. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect compliment to this series. It's something that was desperately needed and that, you know, fans like, like we've been calling for, for years, for, for years to get him back in the fold and get him back 
in either the suitor or or as Anakin in some way. So it's it's perfect. And like as the the investors call was going on, like Matt was saying, I was literally just like in our Slack channel typing like three line notes to myself to get ready for the post. And when when this came up, I was like all caps, Hayden back as Vader. Oh my god, it's <laughs> fucking happening! I was losing my mind. Oh, so, I mean, I am I'm excited too. I, I you know we all busted his balls because uh, let's be real. I mean, the, the young Anakin and what he was given to deliver outside of his. Uh, murdering of Tuscan Raiders and then his little rant about that to Padme wasn't weak. the greatest delivery of Anakin Skywalker. But was all that Hayden's fault? Absolutely not. Uh, he was working with what he was given. He was working with the technology at the time, acting against nothing, literally no sets, but a bunch of fucking blue or green sheets everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm I'm happy for him that he's going to kind of get a. It will. It's going to be a redemption moment and dude, for him. You're going to have him working with Deborah Chow, who is right. the, the director of this entire series. And that in itself will be an improvement because we just like we know from from actors, we know from just stories of the set that that while George is an imaginative and an impressive creator of story, he is not the best director of actors. No. I mean, that's fine. You he know. can't be everything. I mean, for Christ's sakes, the guy dreamed up the entire galaxy. I know I've been harder on him than anyone else, but he can't do it all. And that's fine. None of us really can do it all. So yeah, he, so George gave us everything. He may have fumbled the directing a little bit and how he handled the actors in the prequels, but whatever. We got the Clone Wars cleaned all those up. I'm happy now. I, I can accept the PT is as somewhat legitimate Star Wars, so uh, I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I think this, I'm hoping Hayden in this is going to do again what the Clone Wars final season did for me in Revenge of the Sith and just bolster it, make it feel a little more natural, make it really just make more sense that he would make that turn. And, and I think Hayden is not going to waste this opportunity to play in the Star Wars universe again and, and hopefully make it for him... Uh, much more memorable yeah and hopefully a much better uh, fan reception for and, this turn and look i don't want to you know i don't know what hayden's um you know desire is to get back into hollywood but a good performance here could really catapult him back into to stardom and i mean or you know relative stardom I, i'd assume nick he's he's he, he's he's waiting because i i mean up until this i'm pretty sure he's been making direct to dvd type of shit yeah like he yeah. hasn't really been in anything big or notable you know no. like he was no, dude, he hasn't been in a fucking real movie since 2004 uh, no what was the one he did the superhero takers. one so he was in takers which is 2010 which was like a heist movie that he was in jumper in 2008 that was the one uh, there that's when i saw jumper was his in my mind his last real movie really his last one where he was like (laughs) takers he was playing like a like a side role it was a very odd cast it was like a bunch of rappers in that movie i mean yeah so it's not good it was probably again direct to kmart or direct to walmart bin this was like chris brown was in it hayden and then matt dillon this and, is the biggest thing that's happened to this man since Star Wars. Yeah, and, so and if you once, look once at again, everything else, man, it's a, it's a lot of small, small stuff. But so. I do like it, and hopefully they'll they'll take advantage of of having Darth Vader on screen. Uh, hopefully we'll get some Darth Vader action. I know the title of this series is Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, but I think the fact that they're bringing the big big guy back with Hayden 
they're doing that on purpose. They're doing yeah. that to build out the character a bit more, to maybe reflect on his past a bit more. But I do hope, and I, I, I don't doubt that we will see it. But I, you know, another Rogue One inspired Vader massacre has to happen. I hope so. Uh, I and hope I know so. there, there's been some rumblings. I forget it was you and or Hayden said this, but like, yeah, we're gonna. We're going to mix it up again, essentially hinting <laughs> that the characters will duel. And obviously that gets the dude, that's the crazy hounds out there like, well, on, on the Death Star, Vader said at last we meet again, you know, a master and apprentice type of shit and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, maybe they meet in the force. Maybe they fight in the force like Ray and Kylo were doing. Yeah. And, and, also- and so what? Maybe if they do have a dust up. 10 years later, I mean, maybe that's what Vader's saying. Like, hey, yeah. you, you still were able to kick my ass as Darth Vader, but now I finally learned my lesson and I'm going to kill you this time. Yeah, exactly. Like, just because, like, he never, Vader never says, he says, I haven't felt this present since, and he, that was it. Like, he yeah, walked he away. Stops. He didn't say, since we he all, threw me in a lava river on Yeah, Lucifer. I mean, obviously, and that's what it is, because... Yeah. We didn't know about Kenobi, but Kenobi could fill in some of that since, oh, since about 10 years ago on Tatooine. Yeah, since whatever. (laughs) Since, yeah, exactly. Like, it it doesn't have to be that. Yes, that's what it was meant at the time, but, like, you can play around with it because it's so ambiguous. Um, So, yes, Kenobi production starts March 2021. All right. So I, I'm saying if, if if there's a dust up, which uh, we're getting here from Bat saying that Ewan was the one that said it. it so there is going to happen. Uh, I'm saying it's either through the force, Ray Kylo style, or literally they have a dust up on Tatooine and, and Kenobi kind of once again shows them like, hey, dude, maybe if you weren't so fucking angry and had your head screwed on straight, you could beat my aging ass. Yeah. It's like, look, man, I know that you're uh, you're more machine than man now but uh i still can do some pretty good shit because let's be real man this is only what 10 years after his turn that's vader's still squishy like in his head he's still fucked up i mean i the the vader run now is taking place after esb and palpatine hacked him to pieces for being a pussy so yeah it's doable it's definitely possible. And it is funny to think, like, I really want to see how they're going to make you and look in this because you got to go from basically this time, nine years later, he looks like Alec Guinness. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's odd. I mean, you just got to say Dune sees rough on a body. I mean, look, yeah. look what it did to Boba Fett. I mean, he, yeah. he threw on a gut. His face got all fucked up. He shaved his head. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it, it is wonky. I mean, Kenobi... Alex Kenobi, I think people said he only should have been like in his sixties or something. Yeah, he he just and uh, not look half dead. Yeah, took t- took the aging <laughs> a little a little harder than expected. Oh but. well, that's that's what happens when you create something that lasts over forty years. Yeah, you're gonna get into that type of shit uh, when when people are still creating in your sandbox after you started it. You know, forty plus years ago. It's, so kudos, not George. Not everything can line up perfectly. Exactly. You know, but, let, let's, uh, we gotta have a little imagination here. Yeah, there, they'll do their best. So. Uh, the next up was the sizzle reel for Bad Batch, and Matt, you All did right. another yeah, let me, kind we'll, of we'll, we'll switch over this. there to where we got some screens to check out. A, a, a very quick breakdown. We're not going to you know do like a full Mando deal here. Hopefully, uh, I guess first and foremost, I, I thought the sizzle reel was excellent. Yeah, uh, I, I think this is going to be just as good, if not better, than Clone Wars because it is Clone Wars. I mean, even the way, way they melted the logo from Clone Wars to Bad Batch was a tip of the hat. Like. 
yeah, it might be name might be changing, but th- this is this is an extension. This is what happens after the fact. This is reign of the empire, uh, essentially the origins of that storytelling. Yeah. Um, all right. So first up, we get a very clear shot, and uh, you know Nick made this prediction, even though other Star Wars fan predictors are. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I mean, I should save this for Mando, but I, remember last week our guy right here. I wish I could have said it because I think it, it was a fucking fantastic fan speculation. But Nick said Gideon is en route or will be on Camino by the time the heroes get to him. And it has nothing to do with what we're talking about now, but it just came to my mind. I, you know, Star Wars theory, we, we respect him here, even though he runs with the SWT abbreviation, you know, kind of stealing our shit. But he was there before us, so we, <laughs> we can't really fuck with him. But he's been, like, putting out these insane videos. Like, oh, he's great. He always does great work, great details, backs up with references and shit. But he's, like, (laughs) taking screenshots of the map we saw Mandalorian and overlaying it on existing galaxy maps of Star Wars. He's like, well, depending on the solar winds at the Mm. time, (laughs) I believe Gideon could have been passing over Pisana and route to here or here. So I think... He'll either be on Nar Shada, Camino, or Pasana. And I'm like, well, our guy Nick called it. You don't have to worry about it. It's going to be Camino. Yeah, it's so I mean, I just, like the only planet that makes sense out of those three is really Camino. But I mean, look, we've been wrong a lot before, but I'm pretty confident given all of the hints leading up to this particular fi- finale that Camino would be the best place. Yeah, it's it's a natural fit. That's where Pershing's probably at. Uh, obviously, they need the the science you need to the do cloning what they got to do. Like you know he's actively working on this project. Right. Like he's going through testing trials. He's using all of these test subjects and all the shit that's happening. You think that he's just on some random ass imperial installation somewhere out in the middle of nowhere? This right. motherfucker is on Camino where they have a full-blown cloning facility where he used to work. Like, of course he's so everyone. I just, we had, I know we're talking about bad batch, but I just had to put it out there. If it does happen, make sure to tell your friends where you heard it first. I I always see it like throughout the week, like a, a a fan podcast or a star Wars fan site will go viral for something that usually Nick and I say, yet we never, (laughs) we still have not, no one gives a fuck. And I get it. I mean, what are we talking about here? We, we want accolades for predicting fake science fiction shit. But yeah. it seems other Star Wars fans have gotten them. So I'm not going to stop in my quest to get said accolades. Yeah. So, so if we hit on the Camino shit, I want a fucking ticker tape parade. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we just need to like, even though we miss on 99%, maybe ev- after every episode of the podcast where we put out predictions, we just need to do like a prediction roundup fucking post or video and say like hey we should but then that would require us to actually remember what we say on this stupid show we do have to remember so we almost need to hire another intern that whenever we drop a prediction they write it down in a secret file yeah and then when it's time we open said secret file and see how stupid we really are yep i like it anyone listening out there start writing down our (laughs) predictions please and knowing our fan base, no one's going to write that prediction. So. <laughs> but anyways, back to the Bad Batch. So, I mean, it looks like our friends, they're headed to Camino. And honestly, throughout the sizzle reel in my breakdown, I believe these, this, these are going to be either the first episode or second episode. Because it seems like 
the Empire or Palpatine's Empire is recalling all the clones to Kamino either for a mass death or to be repurposed into other hit squads. Yes. Uh, so th- they're headed back there. Uh, we get our first shot of Echo in his gear. Uh, we get him without his helmet. He's kind of whipping that Lobot look these days, thanks yeah. to what the Techno Union did to his ass. Uh, then you got Rambo, obviously leading there. Hunter, Crosshairs, Wrecker, and with Tech is the tech. other one, I think. Yeah, Tech. Uh, this shot, the reason I got this shot up here, if you're on the live stream, I mean, it almost looks like they're on Felucia. I, I doubt that's say. it. It kind of does have that Felucia big flora kind of look. But I, I'm assuming it's going to open. They're, they're still going to be fighting Mm-hmm. Not knowing that the Clone Wars have ended, it's going to be kind of like any other war where you're out there on the fringes. Uh, just because the powers that be shake hands doesn't mean that the grunts know that the war has ended. Yep. Uh, so th- they'll probably still be fighting against the Seps when we first tune into the Bad Batch. And then we'll get the Order 66 call, the fall of the Republic, so on and so forth. But here we get to see uh, Echo's helmet there on the far left. Uh, so, like the other Bad Batchers, a completely unique armor set. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, they they all have their own unique abilities. Some are even shaped differently than the other clones. Uh, but these are the only clones that got everyone has their own unique armor. Uh, again, setting them apart. Uh, here, again, back on Kamino, it looks like they're going to return to the American Gladiator training room that they all used. I mean, we saw this, I believe, in the first season where we first meet the named clones, right? Fives, mm-hmm. Echo, they're all in here getting their asses kicked because none of them are working together. Uh, so that was a nice little callback. Looks like they're going to be doing some reminiscing on Kamino in Bad yeah, Batch. Makes sense. Uh, again, we see Hunter here with a bunch of clean clones and the Camino security clones. So just reinforce, reinforcing the point that there are going to be on Camino to listen to the, I have reorganized everything into a galactic empire. <laughs> right. Yep. So they get that big message. Um, it looks like they're gonna be going to a planet again. Who knows who's sending them on missions throughout this series? I'm assuming they're probably gonna have an insider, maybe a senator, maybe it's Bale. Uh, but you're gonna have to think at some point in time they're gonna realize that shit is getting funky mm-hmm. uh, with their brethren, with the new empire, with the emperor, so on and so forth. So maybe they start going out doing missions, but. You know, Nick mentioned this when I couldn't see it, but we get the light whips uh, returning yeah, to Star canon, Wars. Uh, or I think like an entry into new canon for the light whip. So that was pretty cool. All right. Say, hey, Mr. Zesco, thanks for joining, buddy. I guess uh, we probably should have told you that this show's a little bit longer than it used to be. Uh, I believe he he tuned in to, for his top five stuff. Yeah, that will be he, later in the show. But thank you for stopping by. He, he's in Spain and it's time to go to bed. He's like our buddy Tones, man. Um, um tones we do not have an episode run for uh bad batch no i mean if it's if it's going to model kind of what they're doing with limited runs i'm guessing 12 I mm-hmm. mean, that's what they did with clone wars that's what nikki's telling us they did with andor uh, so i would say 12 unless they're going to turn it into a series um you gotta love rambo i mean yeah. just straight up rambo so <laughs> threw him in there just rambo and all right I, this shot I, i'm not going to talk about it but it looks like at some point in time we're going to have this clone trooper hit squad being sent out uh and it's the clones you've been seeing that have the green visors kind of like commander gree obviously not commander gree he was 
uh, separated from his noggin by Grandmaster Yoda in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but this guy with the big, uh, you know, turret gun, he shows up a few times. And another one that I'm going to uh, kind of speculate on who I think that is just based on some internet r- r- uh, rumblings I've been reading. Okay. But here we go. This is the big Camino speech. Like, Galactic Empire! Yep. This shit. I think this is where the Bad Batch is going to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, they're like, uh-oh, like, now we know. What's, what's this lunatic up to? <laughs> yeah. Some um, sort of aquatic suit here. Another shot of Echo in his gear. You've all pimped out. All right, here we go, Nick. This one here. So the word is this clone that we see in this sizzle reel that, that has kind of the darker blue, if not washed out black looking armor. Yeah. Apparently this is Commander Cody. Oh, wow. Okay. And Commander Cody, again, as, as you can see, Nick, his his followers, they have these special green visors. Yep. Hell, they could be other named clones. Uh, but apparently he's going to be the main foil for the Bad Batch. So like him and his special force, it's looking like they're going to be the ones uh, that will be clashing with our heroes, which we all assume are probably going to be like, oh, shit, we can't we can't get mixed up in this. We got to do the right thing for our brothers that live this, that and the other thing. But it looks like Cody, unfortunately, is going to become an antagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Fennec, I think this was a big surprise for everybody. Yeah, when I saw this live, I was like, "Holy shit, Fennec's in this series for sure." This is so definitely we're getting. So here's Dave doing a reverse of what he just did on Mandalorian, where he <laughs> introduced an animated character into the reel. Now he is taking a character that started in the reel and bringing them into animated. And I love it. I I love these threads. Mm-hmm. Like just just this one character now ties ties this show the bad batch to the mandalorian yep uh to the original trilogy all that fun stuff so i thought it was fantastic building history i love building character history over multiple because at this point in time you you would think she's just now making her name as one of the empire's most deadly assassins exactly i mean that's something that we heard about from her in the uh you know the episode on tython where she's like you know she kind of mentions she had a shady back history and now she's trying to redeem herself both her and boba right so i'm thinking fennec alongside the rumored cody trooper they're gonna be the main antagonist for the bad batch in the series yeah uh but who knows maybe fennec again she's more like a merc if, mm-hmm. if they can help her out, maybe she will work with the Bad Batch, but I have a feeling she'll be there to, to kind of fuck with them via the Empire. Yeah. This was interesting. I mean, we, we have, uh, I guess you call them white troopers here. Yeah, I mean, you got these dark troopers. They're, they're a white model dark trooper. And if you look at the, the scenery here, it looks like while the Bad Batch is on Kamino, yeah. Yeah. shit's going to go down to where, like I said, they're either just going to murder all the clones at once. Like this is part of Palpatine's plan. Those of you that know the EU and clone stories may know it better if they tap into that. I don't know if Palpatine just murdered them all. Uh, I would assume he did because we didn't see a lot of the clones. Uh, Plus he made the decision to scrap all the Republic war machines. So it's like he just wanted to erase that era. Like a reset. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But at some point in time, they're going to become hunted and it looks like they're in the very training room that they would have started their careers in on Camino, uh, getting hunted down by these white painted dark trooper bots. Yeah. Yeah. People in the chat are over here getting off on Ming-Na Wen. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, the Asian 
the Asian genes, they, they've tapped into superpowers for centuries that none of us know about. Yeah, it's, it's incredible that she's 57. I mean... They, and- they just do. They, the way they live, I mean, I don't know if she's a Buddhist or any of that shit, not that it matters, but just the, the way they live, the way they meditate, the way they work on their mind, body, soul connection. Asian people never look like they age. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's, it's it a superpower. Is, I imagine that she will voice Fennec in the in the series. I uh, mean, you would, yeah, you would think so. She has a long-standing relationship with Disney. I mean, going back to to Mulan, the original Mulan, right? Is it? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it wasn't. Isn't that Ming Na's like big big thing before you know Agents of Shield and all that? She voiced Mulan. She voiced Mulan. She was. I mean, like she she did a couple. She was Chun Li in the Street Fighter movie with JVD. Ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those quality but, movies. Yes, yeah, Jean Claude's. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. But uh yeah, I mean she was in some small stuff leading up to it. Um but that was it was basically Chun-Li and Street Fighter was 95 and then Mulan was 98 and then you know from there you get well, a mean, lot of I, I, I was going to say I mean up until Mando, I I think her biggest pop culture run was uh Agents of Agents Shield. Of Shield. Yeah, which was, you know, almost, it was seven seasons. Seven seasons, and highly recommended to watch now that yeah, it's, it's all on Netflix. Really it great. actually was a pretty good TV show. Yeah, hundred, over 100 episodes. Well worth it. It is It is a really well done series. Starts off a little slow, but gets gets really good. Yeah, it, it goes all over the place. It ties into the MCU events a bit. It, it is fun. All right, um, we'll let the people in the chat here finish wheeling themselves off. <laughs> the Ming-Na Wen. Yes, boys, she is a prize. <laughs> uh, it just goes to show it. it. It pays to take care of your mind, body, and soul. All right, Nick, uh, it looks like we're for sure going to Bracca. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get two shots, and, and the second one confirms it's Bracca because you literally see uh, two people. They're a little blurred out, but over on the right side of the screenshot here, wearing the exact same uniform that Cal was wearing in Fallen Order. Yeah, uh, we get Bra- the Kestis tie. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could see Cal in this series, and like Big Amish is saying, I, I agree. I think we will get uh, some Gregor and Wolf resolution in Bad Batch. Yeah, how did they get out? How did they get their chips off? How did they end up with uh, Santa Claus, Rexy Boy? <laughs> on that repurposed uh what clone wars era walker yeah. on a desert planet right yep yep <laughs> uh so yeah I, I, again it's all the world building has just gotten so damn excellent since disney oh i said it has taken over yeah you've you've got to love them tying in the games to the cartoons the live action to cartoons cartoons to live action cartoons to games that's why i won't be surprised if cal shows up on friday this is what they're doing this is the plan now and i am okay with it here's this guy again all right i I believe he is a part of cody's hit squad if that is going to be cody uh and we think it is fans want resolution with the named clones Mm mm-hmm we pretty much have it for all of them at this point. Outside of Cody, it's really it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and I guess Not Echo much. to see like what truly happens yeah, with Bad like he, Batch. Now that he's a part of the Bad Batch and stuff. But yeah, name clones outside but, of Rex. 
Like, right, I mean, uh, most of them die in just standard Clone Wars. We yeah. know Gregor, Wolf, and Rex make it all the way up through Rebels and possibly beyond. Yeah. Uh, but Cody, obviously, I think he has to be put to bed because he was a big name clone. If you get Nick, if you get hot toys made of you, you're an important motherfucking Star Wars character. Apparently so, so. yeah. <laughs> Apparently so. Uh, Fennec again, nothing much to say there. Wrecker, he's probably my favorite because he's a big oaf. He reminds yeah. me of like 1980s Arnold Schwarzenegger action guy. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this shot here, and this is where I think the Bad Batch is going to know, like, what the fuck's wrong with all you people? Yeah, they like uh, Because Crosshair looks like he's getting a little angry at other clones in a Camino like lunchroom or something. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Yeah, it's like, what do you mean this is, you know, like, it's probably right after that speech. Here's a, uh, here's a better shot of who we're thinking is Cody's hit squad. Yeah. Uh, you see him, like, literally just coming. To, the doors drop. They're walking up. This is going to be, like I said, probably Fennec, and these guys are going to be the main adversaries for our um, five-man Bad Batch. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are five now because of Echo. Echo's there. Like I said at the outset here, I do believe we'll pick up with a Clone Wars battle that they'll be like, hey, assholes, it's over, and then that's how we'll see them transition to Kamino uh, because we have a full-on battle scene going right here between Seps and uh, the Republic. And there we go. We're going to end. Tarkin will be in Bad Batch, which makes complete sense. He was in Clone Wars. He was the dickhead that led to all the shit that happened with Ahsoka. Yep. Uh, that's the type of guy he is. And I just wonder, is Tarkin going to be the one that kind of, not, not that he's going to tell Bad Batch, but the shit that he's asking them to do may be where Hunter's like, that we can't do this. Yeah. What? <laughs> what dude i mean no, essentially if they give them the order like hey you're hunting jedi now like they're gonna probably yeah, be yeah like, something like that or, or like hey you need to go kill a bunch of clones senators or something yeah some right. shit that they would know as non-brainwashed clones like hey this probably isn't good yeah, i'm just and and i could be completely wrong maybe they do i'm just going with the bad batch never got the chips because literally they are yeah. a bad batch of clones like they're they're outcasts they were they they were specifically kept because of their deformations in the cloning process, either mentally or physically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I'm thinking they never even had the chips, but uh, we'll find out. So there there's our light breakdown of the Bad Batch. So back to the other reveal. He's, yeah. Reveals so here. everything up to this point, we've kind of heard about already. Bad Batch, we knew Obi, uh, Andor, and then we, there were hints of this rangers of the new republic with the potential Cara Dune thing and then the Ahsoka series all was out there in some way shape or form uh everything going to hit that guy DZ Nick you had a good question here what yeah uh do you think we'll see any Jedi deaths in Bad Batch oh almost certainly yeah maybe not maybe not iconic but yeah I mean you may see like some of the the Jedi that were in uh Clone Wars for a bit get killed off I don't think we ever saw Luminara die yeah, um, I know that Luminara's voice was one of them that that Ray heard at the end of. Uh, um, they could they could maybe unfuck Shaq T's. Uh, yeah, because that's that is not canon. Because it was shot for Revenge of the Sith, where Anakin was supposed to wipe her out, but then was cut. So does it exist or not? So yeah, yeah the guy DZ definitely. I think we'll we'll get some Jedi deaths. It, it may not be like major ones, but some of the ancillary. Uh, some of the no-namers, just like we when we watch Clone Wars, they'd be like, oh, hey, here's a bunch of Padawans. There's Joe Schmo, Flo Blow, and Soho. And we're like, all right, cool, they're Jedi. Yeah. Oh, there's Cal Kestis. Okay, he's a Jedi. Could be like that, too. Not mm -hmm. Cal, but just a 
It's a Jedi. It gets wasted. Yeah. So All right. this uh, next, visions. Yes, visions is a very interesting initiative yes. here by by Disney. It is now. I put. I I almost am one hundred percent certain this is what Kathy said. She said it's ten short anthology films created by ten different Japanese anime studios that will show the Star Wars universe in a different light. So a like an anime style, 10 anime style short films for Star Wars. Here's what I think this is and why I'm so excited for this. I mean, first and foremost, I I love, I guess I just love everything Asian at this point. I really do. I I love the Asian culture. I love their art forms. Uh, You know, those Galaxy Adventure shorts done in that anime style. I mean, how fucking rad did those look, people? Dude, I mean, yeah. Those look so awesome. I mean, they'd only be two minutes. We're all like, tell the whole damn movie in that type of style. But Nick, what I was going to say, I think this Visions is going to be just like the Animatrix for the Matrix series. Mm. Or there was a... I forget the name of it, but there was a Halo Blu-ray put out. It was a compendium of shorts set in the halo universe all worked on by different artists okay and i'm hoping that's what this is because the animatrix nick i don't know if you're familiar with that yeah i i have it on dvd it was like what 10 episodes that that filled in some pre some pre-matrix stuff some post-matrix culminated with flight of the osiris yeah it was really really well done you you got different art styles in everyone Mm -hmm. different visuals different stories and it just it it enhanced the world of the matrix it told some stories outside of the uh three main movies soon to be four uh it it just i i loved seeing it it done in the cartoons you you can get a little more violent in the cartoon space i'm sure that's not going to be the case here but that's kind of what i'm thinking this could be how about you i mean you no i i really like that play on it and i like at first i kind of was going in the direction that you were where it's almost like retelling like tales in in a different style almost like a Almost like what you would see in, in Ghosts, where you would go to those, you know, the, the the storytellers, the musicians, and they would tell you this tale. And it was a tale that, you know, that potentially... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jin Sakai I, okay. already knew. But At first, I was like, why is Nick talking about a Patrick Swayze movie? <laughs> no, like, hey, in, in, he's talking about Tsushima. Okay. Yeah, Ghosts of Tsushima. <laughs> so, like, I was thinking of it like that, but I would like it if it was kind of new new stories, new little pieces yes and that's what i'm saying right i i want new stuff but i want each of these 10 to be completely different in in how they're told Mm -hmm. how they look everything yeah and i think Uh, that's what they're going for with the 10 different studios that will be doing it. all right so i'm Um, I'm, but that's really all they said i mean there's no release for this uh, outside it's going to be on disney plus at some point in time exactly next up is big um so this is lando (laughs) live action Starring Donald Glover, created by Justin Simeon. I know that Justin Simeon's name was thrown out as a potential creator at some point somewhere online, but there was nothing actually like attached to him unless it was wrong because there was never, from my understanding, any rumors about a Lando series. Um, so live action Lando series featuring Donald Glover, created by Justin Simeon, coming to Disney+. Plus. There's no other news on it in terms of episode... Uh, like number of episodes or release, but it is happening. Um, this is something that we speculated on a lot, Matt, because after Tross, it was there was a lot of 
rumors out there about like the potential of this Janna character sticking around and then also Billy D still being in Star Wars we, we in don't some know, like fashion. Nothing was said about Billy though yet, right? No. And one of the things that we speculated on was having a series with Billy and Janna, but it's like a it's almost like a familial type series where he's telling Janna his story, like his his upbringing and how he became one of the most famous smugglers in the underworld and all these different things that he did yeah. to get his reputation. So it could be Billy relaying those stories to Janna, but you see it acted out by uh, Donald's land. Donald. Well, I mean, I, I think I, I, I put this out there before, so I mean, I'll do a yeah. little chest bump on this, but I said it, it could be, uh, you know, the, the Lando Chronicles come to life. Yeah, exactly. Where, you know, maybe... It, 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 old Lando's bum, bumbling around in his apartment. He flicks on his recorder and there you see Donald Glover. He's like, Hey, you know, he's, he's doing his talk from solo. Yeah. And then as Nick said, it, it just like either he's relating the tales to Jana or he's reminiscing. And we, we, we do that. Yeah. And he goes back and there we go. Donald is Lando. And we're going to get some of the tales told of young Lando that made it into the Calrissian Chronicles. Yes. Um, so very cool. I, I like that they're sticking with the young Lando because I think everybody really yeah. did enjoy right. his portrayal. Yeah, Bat, solo. That's what we're thinking, Bat. Like Billy would be the narrator. Yes. I mean, Billy would yeah. be the one delivering the story. It's really it's kind of the same setup. Nick wants if we're going to get the, the Boba Fett thing, which wasn't revealed, I mean, maybe they're they're holding a few cards yeah. to the chest, or maybe Boba's just sticking in Mandalorian, and that that's fine, too. Maybe we'll get a flashback there. Yeah, I mean, maybe but he'll... That's, a, that's what Nick was him. saying. If we're going to get a Boba prequel, it would come from the eyes of uh, cool Boba, and then it would it would flash back to the Bozo. Kid. Yeah, the younger Everybody's version. favorite. So. Uh, Lando coming from Justin Simeon. Um, next up, this was this was a big reveal because this is something that we had heard about. Leslie Headland was officially announced as a creator for Star Wars, and now it is revealed that she is doing a live action mystery thriller set in the High Republic timeline called The Acolyte. Um, so which, this which is has set, some some dark side hints to it. Definitely right? so. So this is said to be set in the final days of the High Republic era. So we're already getting content created to end the High Republic era as it is starting in January. So what are they going to call that timeline then, Nick? Is that, that that's right into the fall of the Jedi or what? Po post High Republic? I don't know. It's like you know what, what like. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where you're going to have to come up with a new name for these timelines as they spawn because you've essentially introduced a, a, a new time period starting in January and you're already planning its end. <laughs> so you think, I mean, just based on the name, the mystery, the thriller, all this, this fun stuff. This has to be Dark Side. Right. Like this is the Sith kind of mm -hmm. resurging in the galaxy. The, you know, something obviously probably happens during the High Republic where the. Uh, the, you know, maybe the higher public is why the Jedi become so arrogant. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe maybe they deal with the threat of the Nihil and they're like, hey, fuck, that was really not that big a deal. We're fucking awesome. We're Jedi. We're Jedi. We're smarter than this. And that dude, type of shit. If you think about it, we don't know how old Palp is. I mean, yes, he had a human body that, that you know, looked like he was in his 50s, 60s, something like that when we first met him in, uh, in TPM. But... The Acolyte could very well be, this is supposed to be, you know, a primarily female cast 
if you remember from le- le- like the the announcement of the show, the acolyte is almost acolyte is almost solely tied to Sith and right. Dark Side Force users in terms of their titles. So you could see potentially the the rise of uh, Darth Plagueis here. You could see you know a lot of different things play out to lead into the long game that leads into right. the eventual. Fall yeah, no, that's that's a good Republic. point. I mean, if maybe whoever we meet here does have a direct tie down the line to to palpatine yeah maybe we'll see palpatine's mom and she'll have sex with a clone palpatine (laughs) dad and then he'll become ray palpatine yeah it's very possible but i like this series i like the direction that it's going and specifically like a girl is doing it how could you like it you you know it's going to be bad because it's female led (laughs) and directed people are so fucking it's hard to say that without laughing um, but this is potentially the first piece of Star Wars content that we'll ever get uh, to be focused on the darker side of it, to be focused on yeah. the bad characters right. and like not the whole on the thing good is characters. just bad. Like, uh, like a good episode of the Acolyte is how many people they killed. Yeah. You know, for us, a good episode of the Mandalorian is making sure Grogu doesn't get fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and this show is going to be like, all right, how many good guys have you murdered? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good potential here. And, and the thing is, is we can't even speculate on it because we yeah, don't tones, know anything It, it would not it. be Revan unless they completely blow up his non-canon story. It, it's yeah. too far Revan forward. is like, in terms of like old canon, Revan was 3,500 like, years before... Yeah, thousands the, and thousands yeah the uh the actual movie events from the original trilogy so um this is yeah, i'm with you man this one two uh, 200 this envisions i think we we know the least about yes like where where they could go i mean they, they literally could go anywhere the other ones that we have ideas right lando okay we pretty much know where that's going to go. Bad Batch, we know where that's going to go. Kenobi, we, we know where that's going to go. Rangers, Ahsoka, we ultimately, they told us where those are going to go. Mm-hmm. Acolyte, we have no fucking clue. Yeah. No idea. And that's, that's the shit that gets me excited. I mean, in Star Wars, to think about something that you we, can't even begin we've never seen think. before. Like, there's, there's nothing to compare it to. Yeah. Like, you can't even begin to, 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 to formulate speculation because you don't know any of the characters who are in play. The only character that we know anything about from the High Republic era is Yoda. But we don't know anything about Yoda pre-Grand Republic, pre-prequel trilogy timeline. So, like, all of these characters that are going to be introduced to us through the novels in this show, we're not going to know anything about them. Which Yoda is really 100% is viable for the Acolyte, by the way. Yeah, he could definitely be in it. 100%. Not the Acolyte, but he could be in, that, in the show. In the show. He, he would be there. I mean, hell, that would be probably when he becomes the man. Yeah, like he becomes a grandmaster. Right, because they're, they're telling us in High Republic era that, you know, Yoda's Yoda. He's still pretty fucking old, but he's not. He was not pimp, a grandmaster yet. He's not Pimp Daddy Magoo, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, All right, the other one here, Droid's, Droid's Story. This one's going to be animated. Yeah, this is Lucasfilm Animation and ILM working together. It says featuring a new droid hero accompanied by R2-D2 and C-3PO. Um, no release date on the Acolyte, no release date on this. Um, but this this is definitely more of like a child-oriented uh, style of show. Which means uh, I'll watch it and love it and probably do a stupid <laughs> video on it. Yeah, so um, new droid hero, though. So I, um, I, mean, I watch all Resistance, and I still say it's a damn good story. I mean, honestly, it's the most cohesive 
uh, fuck, what's the age now? <laughs> the rise of the first rise order. Of the first order. The uh, story we got. I mean, it's two yeah. seasons and they actually like tell a cohesive tale. Yeah. So um, that closes Whatever, man, out. Star Wars. I don't care if it's droids or not. I will watch it and I will like it. Yeah. I've already watched the Lego holiday special at least two or three times and I'm <laughs> the one that starts it, not my four year old. So there, there. You there you go. Fucking love uh, that. The Lego Holiday Special is excellent. I, I still need to watch it. I'll probably you haven't it seen like, it yet? Well, no, I, I mean, it's good you saved it. I mean, it, it is kind of Thanksgiving oriented, but, you know, Christmas works too. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be watching it Christmas Eve. Why not? Um, so, a Droid Story closes out all the Disney Plus reviews. Right. So, let's count them. Droid Story 1, Acolyte 2, yeah. Lando 3, Visions 4, Bad Batch 5, Kenobi 6. Andor, Andor 7, Ahsoka 8, Rangers 9. I mean, Matt is right. There was only nine revealed. I mean, and Iger, Bob said 10. Like, he was very clear. He said yes, 10. Dude, it says 10 everywhere. Original. Like, the press releases said 10. So, Mando has to be it. Unless there's just one that they're holding back on. Like you said, maybe they didn't drop everything yet. Because maybe well, one I mean, is in according like early to, pre-production. According to KRT, they did not because they still haven't hit on KRT's Rebels animated sequel, even though they may just address that stuff in the Ahsoka show now. Yeah. Uh, they also didn't hit on another thing, They oh, the, the Boba Fett prequel. Mm-hmm. There's a lot so. of people thinking Fett's toast come Friday. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it, but I, also I could see Fett and Fennec transitioning into the Rangers series. Yeah. Like if you have that series and you you know you're building it, why would you nuke one of your potential stars for it? But who knows? I mean, if we go to like I said, if we go to Camino, that is like the shock moment for Fett because he's gonna he's gonna find out he's a clone. That would be great, and I I'm hoping Fett doesn't go because they they still owe us how he survived. Yeah, and I, if I you hope take him out now, I don't know how you how you weave that in. Next yeah, I mean, season. unless Rangers goes back, but it, it wouldn't even make sense then, because right, because Fett was essentially lost to the galaxy, dude. Until, uh, yeah, the only way we learn Fett's backstory is if if there is a specific series for it, or he continues on in Mando, and one day they're sitting on the slave and they're like, "Hey, man, so uh, what were you up to seven years ago?" <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "What happened?" Well, I flew into the side of Jabba's sail barge and rolled into a Sarlacc pit. <laughs> and somehow I got out. And we need to know that. We do. Yeah. I think we're owed that. So, All right. So uh, that, that's all the Disney Plus stuff, as Nick was saying. But that was not it. They were no. not done yet. They, they finally, and this is me. I mean, I'm, I'm always the movie guy. Not that I hate what we're getting on the, on the TV slate. I mean, my God. it's. I mean, let's be real, people. Outside of the OT birthing star wars for us what we're getting in the mandalorian is the best star wars storytelling of all time okay may not be a popular take i'm not shitting on the ot i love them i mean that's what i grew up on that's why i am a star wars fan but if you want to sit down there and get into like a film class i have a a good feeling people are going to tell you like nah what they're doing in the mandalorian that is expert storytelling and world building so the TV shit's fantastic, but obviously the, the movie is where everything started. So we got two, and and one was a complete fucking surprise. Yeah, the the uh, first announcement here was that Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman fame 
will be directing a Rogue Squadron movie. Yeah, and spoiler alert, it sounds like Patty and Gal fucking killed it again on Wonder Woman. Uh, the review embargo was up today at, at noon east, and my stream, my Hootsie stream, was nothing like fucking the best. DC's excellent. Wonder mm. Woman, Patty, do it again. Rock and roll. So I, I'm 100% thrilled that this lady is, is working in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, let, let's just temper expectations. She's commented that just because it's called Rogue Squadron doesn't mean she's going to just remake the games or anything written around Wedge's squad. Now, but also, she said she will honor those types of threads. Like this you, is going to be a new story, yeah. but she will honor some of the Rogue Squadron lore. Yeah, you can't expect them to to you know essentially remake x-wing or remake any of the books or, or games so this is what was said about it by kathy she said it's a uh, boundary pushing high speed thrill ride and this is important for those of you who are trying to tie this to other properties that were already in existence before the canon reset set in a future era of the star wars galaxy future era a new future era has been set about both of these properties. Okay, so uh, I, I didn't, Patty I, I didn't and know. Tychus. She said that for both the movies are the future. I, a new it's, future it's still, era of Star I, Wars. I get it, man. It's still like, how do you parse that though? Is it the, our future era of Star Wars or their future era of Star Wars? That is what's hard to tell because future is so weird. Like it's <laughs> ambiguous and I'm sure that they said right. that to make it ambiguous because it's like, yes, this movie is coming out in the future. Christmas 2023 is when Squadron, Rogue Squadron will release. And, but like, we don't know. Does future refer to, yes, two years in the future for us? Or is this... Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, Or is this like future as in this is happening post-Tross? I feel like we could English the fuck out of this and still never figure yeah. it out. Because if you think about it, the way that Tross ends, you essentially have the reformation of some sort of new governmental body, another right. new republic in a way. And Rogue Squadron is one of those things that is never going, like that squadron name is never going to die. After it was formed in Rogue One and, and lived through these eras of Star Wars, like Rogue Squadron is a permanent fixture in whatever Republic governmental body is going to be built. Um, so it's very possible that this does take place after Rogue One, I mean, after Rise of Skywalker, uh, given that language that was used yeah you you would think so i mean how far back are, are we still using x wings at this point uh, i mean i know she teases it they had like a dressed up plane on a runway yeah i would say that she tweeted out something that was actually really kind of touching because she kind of gives her story along with you know what led to her directing this and her father was a fighter pilot for the united states military and was killed in action um, and she said that she's always dreamed of, of making a fighter pilot movie. And this was the, f this was the opportunity that right. was given. So, to I mean, I, tone mentioned it here in the chat, but it's probably going to be top gun ish star Wars, which oh, yeah. fucking awesome. Like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm fucking in. Like, Sign please. me up. I just want to see nothing but dogfights and, and space battles. I, we don't even have to get deep into character development here. Yeah. I mean, it could be as light as, as Maverick and Goose. You don't need to know much. Just let's get in the cockpits and fuck shit up. Yeah. And 
I mean, again, little is known about this. Rogue Squadron, you can take it and you can try to speculate any which way you want to. But this new future era of Star Wars really kind of throws a wrench in anything that currently exists. Um, Christmas yeah, 2023. Tones makes another good point. I mean, if you look at the logo, Nick, that is classic era X-Wing. Yeah, and, and if because you watch, the X-wings you... in the in the new trilogy, they they don't have the I don't know, the, the the four engines. But right? if you scrub through, like if you if you watch her video that that I posted in the in the article on StarWarsTime.net, well, you want she me to puts, blow up the show? No, but she puts on a helmet, and it is not like it, it is the same design as the X-wing helmets right. that we see now. The logos and the paint job on it, not not even close to rebellion look like logos not even yeah, close yeah. you to- know what man set in a future eras unless that's how you wrote it I, i'm thinking it is it's going to be beyond i mean it could be decades beyond ray's star wars right? yeah and and look an x-wing is a relatively timeless design and look if this is coming out three years from now they probably don't even have like you know fully rendered x-wings yeah, that will be just used like a, in that movie an intern are like hey man grab grab some stock photos we got this presentation tonight uh throw one of those fucking x-wing things on there i mean if you look at that's a real ass x-wing that's sitting on that runway like because they can they have those in nick you're teasing me i can't scrub the video you haven't watched it you haven't watched the Patty Yeah, I have watched too? it, but I'm not going to watch it now. You keep telling me to I, watch it. I'm like, wait, you want me to fucking blow well, up our audio? Well, no, but like the <laughs> what I'm saying is what's what's more than likely used here in this in this tweet from Patty is one of the practical X-wings that's in Galaxy's Edge. Just okay. to like tease it. Like right. obviously this is and and yes, I see what Tones is saying, like the the X-wing that's embedded into the the logo of the movie itself is is reminiscent of the X-wings that you see in the in the current era, like the rebellion era of star Wars, which, which I mean, it's possible that they're still using those crafts just later. Of course. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the, the future, I, I era mean, the, thing, the, the, the ships in star Wars aren't like our shitty vehicles where they just naturally usually blow up after about 10 to 15 years, depending on the maintenance you provide. I mean, the razor crest survived many decades to make it into the, the New Republic timeline, the Falcons old. Yeah, dude, you, you know it's what fine. I would love to see is is if, if this is a new a new era, if this is a new timeline, new characters, new everything. We don't know anything that's happening in it. Whatever governmental body is is being formed or whatever's happening in the galaxy, we are this movie will. Will essentially tell the story of the reformation of Rogue Squadron and pilots being recruited to it. And all yeah, of, like a, like know. a new like a new threat has come in. There there's been a peace for a certain a, a amount of time, but a new major threat's come in, and they're like, you know what? We need to fucking fire up the squad again. Yeah. We read about it, you know, back during the the, the Battle of Exegol and the Battle of Yavin and Endor. Yeah, they had like, this rogue squadron. Let's let's fire them back up. And yeah, like you can literally go through like list off the heroes' names that were in Rogue Squadron. And all of these different things. I mean, like, fuck, you could even bring in old wedge. You can bring in old wedge and have him be the guy who runs it, the squad. That's the, that's the only way you could bring wedge. And it really, that rogue squadron was wedges, at least yeah. in the games and all that shit. It's kind of what he would do when Luke was out being a pimp wedge maintained his street cred by running rogue. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you, you definitely have to set it into the future. And if it's far future, Wedge is fucking dead because he looked lost. half dead in <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, he, was, he was pretty done. And old I mean, Dennis Lawson if, is old. Yeah, so I'm excited about this, man, because this is something that we've never explored in Star Wars theatrical. This is a movie that is more than likely not focused on Force users. Um, more than likely won't even involve Force users. This is going to be completely devoid of lightsaber battles, completely devoid of dark side, light side people fucking force choking each other and stuff like that. This is completely focused on the grunts, yeah. the people on the ground fighting the dirty fight for Star Wars. So very Rogue One. Like, I mean, outside of Chirrut's just attachment to oh, yeah. the religion we, yeah. we and Vader's badassness at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think this I think Rogue Squadron will live more in the realm of a rogue one in terms of what you're going to get. It's, it's going to be more about the regular everyday heroes and villains versus the superheroes. Exactly. So super, super excited about, uh, Patty Jenkins coming to star Wars. Like you said, her, her resume with, with the two wonder woman movies is fantastic. So we know that she can direct this high flying. I mean, she was the first director that showed us the DC live action movies don't have to suck. Yeah. Like, Oh wow. These can be good. (laughs) I mean, she she did it. And then I, I I still think James Wan's Aquaman's pretty damn good for the character. It's, it's a decent movie. Plus Boba Fett's his dad. Yeah. I mean, this Uh, was, she also directed monster. Uh, which was the Charlize Theron movie where she won Best Actress. Right. No, uh, she, she's no fucking Oscar. joke. Pat Patty's legit. So I, I think it's going to be excellent. I just hate that we got to wait, wait so years, long. Uh, but it's this crazy. this would be the first one or, or, or were they saying 2022? I don't know. I think that let me it's it's. It's I think we, we had it on our YouTube channel or our stupid Facebook. You had that graphic up of the three, yeah, like of the, the three of the years of three movies years they're of the supposed movies. to release. Let me see if I still have it on our Facebook because I think. All right, I but did. anyways, the next movie we, I mean, we knew it was supposed. So th- this is going to be the first one because it was supposed to be 2022, 24, 26, but it got pa- it got everything got pushed back a year. So it's 23, 25, 27 now. All right, and it sounds like. We know at least Patty and the one we're going to talk about now, Tyka's films, are going to be in that first run. Because mm-hmm. the way they pitched it, and I'm sure it's changed by now. I mean, every business has had to pivot throughout this nightmare. But um, it sounded after those three movies, then we'd be getting another run of movies. And, you know, who knows if it's RJ's? Who knows if RJ's even doing the movies anymore? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can even tell from our chat, people still aren't huge fans of Mr. Johnson. Uh, I'll disagree on that. I think the guy's a talent. He did what he was asked to do in the powers of B. Just kind of let it go. Bob Iger, Kathy Kennedy, they're the ones that everyone should be angry at. They're the ones that asked three different artists, hey, you creative types, we all know, we know you guys love to group think, right? You never like to do your own thing as an artist. (laughs) So how about you all write your own fucking scripts for a trilogy and we'll see how it turns out. Yeah. And then you get what we got. So it is what it is. But anyways, Taika and, and Tones had a, a good uh, kind of description of the logo. He said it looked like the Monty Python logo, and he's right. <laughs> like, if you look at the, the Star Wars logo, they popped up when Taika's bit was being talked about. Yeah. It, it looks like it's from the Stone Age. Like, it's it's cracking apart. 
um, you know, as Nick said, it's, it's in this future era of Star Wars. It could be dealing with maybe who the fuck knows. Maybe it's a, a new type of, of force, a new type of force user. Uh, maybe we finally do get a true gray Jedi uh, breakout. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, who knows? It, it sounds like Taika, his is going to be more Star Warsy. Yes, right? that's going to be more... I don't want to say traditional Star Wars. Like it is more probably Star Wars that we're used to seeing. Like you know? like the magical shit, the the space wizards, and maybe more of the myst mysticism of Star Wars. Yes, exactly. So P Patty's going for more practical, like true to life, where Taika is probably going for the more mystical, fantastical, and hopefully comical when it makes sense. Yeah, it's funny because uh, so after. I mean, I think this is, well, no, this wasn't even after the thing, but it, one of his, one of his posts, uh, four days ago. So it was, it was actually right after the, the, the meeting, um, you know, star Wars Twitter put out, you know, brand new star Wars feature with, you know, Taika YTT in development, get ready for an unforgettable ride. Taika puts on his Instagram. He says, what? Ugh, sorry as a longtime fan for Star Wars, I'm so angry about what I'm about to do to ruin it. <laughs> ah, he knows he knows the angry fucking trolls he's yeah. he's dealing or will be dealing with. So Yeah. Dude, you know what's interesting? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. People are gonna I'm gonna start the speculation train here. Two people commented on this. On what? On Tyka's post. Yeah. And it was Catherine and Josh Brolin. And you know, like, it's is that weird. just because of their, they, you know, the MCU ties or that's what I'm wondering. But like, why would, why would his wife comment on it? Huh. Like, it's just, I don't know, man. Is, is he involved? Is, is Josh Brolin involved in this property? It wouldn't, I think he could fit. You heard well it here first. Leaked on the Star Wars time show. Josh Brolin is bringing Thanos to the Star Wars universe the ultimate crossover <laughs> honestly dude they, like uh, on this post every fucking like so many people comments at lena had probably all his on it. yeah it's Ju probably all his mcu buddies yeah. i mean he'll Lewis, have mark ruffalo in there. says he's available he'll bring back natalie portman as yeah. a, a a ghost of padme and female thor at the same time yeah no dude i i can't wait for him to to I, really do this i don't i don't give a shit what taika does it's gonna be fantastic yeah i mean he's a guy just after two movies i'm i'm sold on whatever he does he, he can i'll watch whatever he puts out and i'll probably like whatever he puts out yeah i'm trying to find the image that is his star wars logo i mean it Okay, I see it now. It looks like fucking, you know, it looks like, it looks like fucking, yeah, like, like Monty Python. It does. It, it really Which, feels I mean, Monty he Python. could be doing a completely slapstick Star Wars 2 and really fucking piss people Dude, he off. could do that. If Could you imagine? Could you I, imagine again, if he did that? would think it would be fantastic because it's something different. But clearly, if you try to do something different in Star Wars, you're going to get the pitchfork people after you. Yeah. But I don't think Tyke is someone that gives a flying fuck about what some dude behind a keyboard thinks. And I think he's going to do a very Tyke take on Star Wars. And I am highly intrigued by that. Yeah. Like and everyone I always complains like, oh, something new. Blah, 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 it's all the same. You know, TFA was just a new hope. You guys know that? You guys know that? Did you know that Starkiller base is basically the same thing as a Death Star? Did you guys see that? Did you guys see that? <laughs> it's like, okay. 
well, here's a guy we know could do something fucking off the wall. Yeah. And I guarantee you when he does, the same people are like, why Why didn't Star Wars do anything fresh and new? We'll be like, yeah, this isn't Star Wars. You're not allowed to laugh at Star Wars. You can't have <laughs> jokes at Star Wars. Not my Star Wars. Uh, fucking mouth breathers. Yes, Tones. Uh, the, the logo was purple and blue. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing now. I think Disney is more... It's going to sound weird, but I think that they're more comfortable experimenting in theaters now because of the success of Disney Plus. Yeah, they're like, hey, if a movie flops, we'll make up its cost in half a month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't I mean, matter dude, now. They could they could fund two d- massively long Star Wars productions with one month's Disney Plus revenue. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. I mean, Star Wars movies, if you go over, you know, like Solo, the reason that became such a disaster is because it took so long. I believe it almost cost them $300 million to make. Yeah. But still, that's a half month's rent of Disney+. Plus. Yeah, they're they're just like, we don't give a fuck, dude. As long Uh. as we put out this quality content on Disney+, and keep up in those sub numbers, have fun in theaters. And you're for damn sure... The fact that they're building all these new volumes, it's not just for Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. It is, is... it is a cost-cutting maneuver for the big tentpole productions that used to cost these people a quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah. I think Kathy said that they're in they're building 10 new volumes. Uh, someone did like a that. great meme is like it was a meme like that was then, this is now, that stupid shit, whatever that was. Mm-hmm. But there's literally Favreau doing a pitch on the volume like, oh, it's great. It's just open source tech. Anyone can use it. And then it goes to Kathy at the Disney thing like, yeah, we uh, we're going to start licensing this technology to other people to yeah. use and blah, blah, blah. Cha-ching! You know, <laughs> it's just like Favre. It's like, it's really just fucking video game tech that's been out there and anyone can use it. It's called Unreal Engine 4. But no, Disney's like, no, 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 no. When we call it the volume. Now it's a technology licensed. we created and can license. Yeah, license now. Sorry, Just John. Just why there, a lot of productions will be going to this based on the COVID nightmare and the fact that it fucking works. It works. You can't perfect. tell me that the Mandalorian doesn't look just as good, if not better, than big budget summer blockbuster films. Yeah. No, I completely I mean, agree. It, it's dead on. It looks better than the prequels. Obviously, the technology wasn't there for the prequels, but you could 100% make a Marvel movie now, a Star Wars movie on a fucking volume set with some LEDs. And that is awesome. Yeah. Right. The cheaper shit is, the more we'll get, my friends. Just yeah. keep it at that. Very true. So, again, and Taika's, Taika's movie is said to be set in this new future era of Star Wars. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's no other information out hey, there about it yet. Vamp on, vamp on the movie for a second. We're we're two hours in, haven't even got the Mando, <laughs> and I I need to have a clear bladder for the Mando talk. There we go. So so vamp on Taika for you know like a minute. Yeah. So Taika's movie could be the 2025 slot. We assumed that when they announced the three movie stagger, the two you know the the year between them, 2023, 25, 27, that they were going to be interconnected films. But it seems like with Rogue One being Patty's movie that we're probably moving away from any sort of, you know, sequelized series here for the next three. So if we have Patty in 2023, we could see Taika in 2025 and then somebody else coming into the 2027 slot, uh, which would also mean that Taika's movie is likely a standalone 
um, like uh, the Rogue One or the Rogue Squadron movie that Patty's making. So, I mean, I'm interested in it. I don't want to go backwards. I know that a lot of people looked at it like if you look at that logo, that was clearly just some bullshit that they that's not the official logo for that movie. That's just something that they whipped up that fits Taika's personality. It doesn't have to be that that is attached to this movie. If you look at it, if anything, it is basically them taking the, you know, the the psychedelic colors of the of the Thor Ragnarok uh, presentation and applying that to Star Wars in a way. All right, I'm back. I'm back. So, the, the main vein has been drained and I'm ready to get into some Mando talk. Yeah, I, I don't think that 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 logo that they showed was in any way, shape or form an indication of how the movie a- is action set. figure Neverland, who, by the way, is action figure noob. He has had a rebirth. Nick. Oh, okay. New logo, everything. But uh, he's he's saying Taika's movie is going to be Broom Boy's story. It could be. Broom Boy is a guy from episode TLJ. eight for those that don't know what we're talking about. All right, man. End of TLJ. Yeah, we knew so, this was going to be a power power type of cast. I mean, it, there's no way to avoid it. We had that mega explosion of reveals at the Disney investor call. We've gone through the nine. There's not 10 <laughs> unless you're counting the man, though. We talked about the movies. But the time has come to do the now infamous Star Wars Time Show deep dive of the most recent episode of The Mandalorian. And we're talking S2, E7, a.k.a. The Believer, a.k.a. Chapter 15. Yes. You, you, we've got to have at least 15 different ways to name every episode <laughs> of The Mandalorian. All right, dude. Uh, <laughs> the way we do it here, if you're new just kind of give our our general impressions of the episode then we'll take a tour through some of the easter eggs and see what type of conversation springs up from that and then we'll get into some of the best moments and you really never know where the tangents will go uh hopefully by the end of this we will use our speculative powers to predict nay i dare say set in stone take it to the bank the events that will take place this upcoming friday on s2e8 the finale episode, the one where Star Wars fans go home depressed. Um, but anyways, the believer. Here Who was the believer, Nick? Was it Din? Was it Mayfeld? Was it a shared experience? <laughs> I don't know, dude. No. I think the believer might be uh, Valen Hess. The, the, there, uh, there you go. Yeah, he was definitely Mr. Empire. But I, yeah. I mean, overall, I'll, I'll tell you how The Believer played out for me. When I got through with my first screening, I was like, huh, hmm. Something felt off there. Something was missing. It, it wasn't quite the penultimate that we were, we were expecting, right? We, we were, our predictions last week, we were going to, yeah, obviously we knew Mel, Mayfell was going to be in the mix. Uh, we thought it was more going to be like a breakout, get the band together and let's go fucking kick some ass type of shit. Yeah. No, it was a, I, I mean, I hate people calling it filler because I don't think they understand what that definition means. I mean, this was so far from a filler episode. It's sad that people think that way. Uh, I'd argue maybe your your brain isn't quite functioning correctly if you thought this was filler filler is no plot movement right nothing (laughs) happens we we not only move the plot along but we also had some legit character Character. development for two two main characters so filler my ass if anything it might have 
caught you off guard because of the type of episode it was. It was kind of uh, low key, dialogue heavy, and like we said, it was it was more for uh, developing the characters and their beliefs and the way they act versus the actual plot of the show. Uh, so after my first viewing, little let down, but again, it was the Mandalorian. I was like, sweet. Uh, I, I thought what Burr did with Mayfeld was fucking amazing. Uh, I, I've been on the record. I, I did not like Mayfeld in season one, uh, but I did always kind of like what Burr brought to the character. I mean, he his, the way his smart assness yeah. is perfect for that character, and we really got to see that in this episode. So uh, by the end, and once I watched it the second time, I was like, you know what? That was a damn good episode of Star Wars TV. I agree. And you know what? Bill Burr, as much as he may fucking hate Star Wars, and I hate people like him that <laughs> hate it yet get to benefit from it, it drives me nuts. Because how dare he talk shit about our <laughs> franchise and then get to star in it and be good at it? It just doesn't seem fair to <laughs> losers like us that do podcasts and listen to podcasts. But hey, life isn't fair. It is what it is. Um, a lot of celebrities like him get me angry. I mean, my boy, Howard Stern himself, there are times I want to reach through the radio and wring his neck when he shits on like uh, geeks or Star Wars fans or anyone that uh, invests time like we're doing now to uh, enjoy the Star Wars universe. But hey. People like that obviously are way better off than we are, so maybe they know something. So overall, chapter 15, pretty damn good. And yeah. Bill Burr, you've sold me on you in the Star Wars universe. Huge moments. Because I know you're fans. listening. Yeah. Bill Burr is an active <laughs> listener. How about you, dude? What was your general take of The Believer before we get into the eggs? I was a big fan, and... I really like how this episode could stand on its own without the hinge point of Grogu, without the, the child being, you know, obviously... Uh, by you know, by the, the way, the first episode of the series where Grogu has not been featured at all. Yes. So it was a big moment for the show itself. And then obviously the mission itself, Grogu is ever present. Like they're trying to save this kid. But to have an episode where he's not present, where he's not seen, where he's not even really, you know, uh, brought up all that much, like, and, and it live on its own. And, and the pivotal moment, like the big moment for me, wasn't even like, it was all focused on Mayfeld. It was that conversation between him and Valen Hess, which is Richard Brake's character, the, the Imperial officer. That was the best moment in the whole show. Because it's just, it's Burr, and as Mayfeld pushing that conversation and you see him, you see, you, like you were mentioning, like Mayfeld is this kind of snarky character. He's right. got his, you just his, think he's like a dick. Like he just yeah. lives to poke fun at people and be a wise ass. And then you see him, he kind of starts the conversation like that. But then when he gets into Operation Cinder, what happened on Burn and Khan and everything like that, you see his character evolve just through that conversation and that was that was masterful work there. Right. I, I mean, honestly, Nick, it started way back when, when they're in the juggernaut. Yeah. And, and he pretty much says to Din, like, hey, dude, you do fucked up shit. I do fucked up shit. As long as you can sleep at night, you're probably doing something OK. Exactly. It's and like that was really, the, really yeah. the, the whole dynamic between these two characters was the star of the episode because they both learned something from each other. And, and, it, and it started as a very icy pairing. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean, when they're first in the juggernaut, Din wouldn't even fucking look at him. Yeah. Wouldn't even talk to him. Literally wouldn't say a fucking word to the guy because he's like, fuck you. I don't like you. You're an asswipe. Quit making fun of me and my creed. But by the end, they both, you know, kind of realized truly what's important to them and they took action. And, and that was the major character development. Mayfeld realized that being in the Empire and witnessing what he witnessed and watching all his comrades get nuked by his own Empire, that's when he was like, man, did I fuck up? I got a lot of baggage on my soul because of what I did back then. And by wasting this asshole, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a burden off my chest. I'm going to yep. feel like I finally took out the guy that wiped out an entire city due to the Empire's crazy ass Operation Dude. Cinder. When that happened too, because like I was, I was on the fence. I'm like, is he really going to kill this guy? Or is, he, or is like Din going to be able to like talk him down and like pull him out of this? And when he shot him, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and the best was Din. Din looked at him like, oh, fuck, dude. Did you just do that? Like, yeah. really? <laughs> like, you know the situation we're in. We're already by the skin of our ass trying to get out of here. Yeah. And we're sitting here having shots with this bozo. And you fucking waste them in an imperial facility? <laughs> the lunchroom? Yeah. I love that short trooper that just stopped. He was like. He just looked at him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck did I just walk up on? Yeah. Oh, uh, but man. yeah, I mean, Bill Burr, and uh, we'll get into the eggs after this. Bill Burr, like who the hell knew he could act like that? I mean, no, my yeah, I God. Uh, most comedians get comedic roles because they're good at being funny. This obviously has some snark to it, the smart ass that he's known for. But when he's talking to uh, Hess, when he's talking to Din and getting serious, I mean, Bill Burr knows how to work his face. He felt like Mayfeld should have felt when he was talking about that awful shit. Yeah. Uh, so Bill Burr, like I said, I mean, I still fucking hate him because he hates <laughs> Star Wars and gets to live in it and do well at it. Uh, but I'm a hater like that. I mean, the, the guy has made Mayfeld to me uh, a character that I now want to see more of where after season one i could give a shit i mean roll the tape on 140 i was like why the fuck are we going back for mayfeld (laughs) uh that's like the only prediction i got right is like they can't be needing him for his gun skills it must be his imperial past and that was the one ding 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 moment in our predictions for for seven that they were going to use him for his imperial code knowledge and just how to work the system uh but yeah i mean bill burr surprisingly was was the standout there so yeah he was he really was so all right man uh, getting into some of the eggs here obviously the return of mayfeld i I like the opening there he's in the prison tones i think brought it up in the the uh, chat here was kind of like rambo 2 where they had to go get john from the work camp to go do a mission Uh, i didn't think that when i saw it tones but that was a, a a good comparison there right here in the chat and clearly this scrapyard was full of so much shit. I mean, you had TIE fighters, at STs, it was Easter Egg Central. And here we go, the big, the big uh, goofy fan moment of this episode. And by goofy fans, I mean you, you, you people are just people. ridiculous. But we get fresh, fresh painted Boba. And you would have think Boba Fett came out with, you know, two middle fingers on it saying, fuck all my fans, I hate you. Because we literally, even within our little tiny universe, the Star Wars Time Show universe, multiple people, oh man, didn't really like that painted armor. Besides, when did he do it? 
it's like okay <laughs> i need to address something for for those of you like that oh. do you really want to watch fucking anything <laughs> be it star wars rambo it doesn't matter do you want to watch the mundane do you really want to watch boba fett paint his fucking armor you need to see that for it to make sense to show up do you realize that one of the most used terms for something boring is watching paint dry yeah like why would you want to see that and why is it so hard to think that the dude could paint his armor in you know like a half hour to an hour when they're in a hyperspace route yeah i mean you don't think he could probably just like program a fucking spray spray paint can to just be like (laughs) done yeah like, really we really need to see him paint his armor for it to be justified please i just please i just don't understand so like i because i saw it like i was watching the episode like i usually do and i was shooting matt messages i was like oh boba got a fresh coat of paint and he's like you found the one thing that everybody hated yeah. in this episode and Nick's i was like, like what i said no nope, i'm telling you buddy it's not just our fans either i mean it, it was the general gist i've seen on instagram like oh i didn't, I didn't like the paint besides it how did he paint it? It's like, what the fuck are you talking? They're flying around in spaceships, motherfuckers. What do you mean? How do he paint something? They stopped out of space Sherwin Williams <laughs> like, and picked on. up some cans. Like, it's not a plot hole. It's just fucking stupid plot. Dude, just, he painted his armor. You know what? I think it looks fucking fresh. I do. I like it. I like the way the armor looks. It 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 looks like unlike we've ever seen boba because we've only ever seen boba in like you know the, his, his armor's dinged up and it's like the paint's all worn and shit. this is the best we've seen the dude i want to see yeah i wanted to see him in some fresh threads and like i think it looks fucking cool it's awesome I think- I, it's it's fucking fantastic can you hear me i'm talking about boba fett this is my boba fett right here <laughs> this is this guy is a mac daddy okay yeah so mac daddies need a fresh coat of paint on their beskar yeah, I, I like it. I, I thought it looked pretty fucking cool. But but honestly, the reason it made the egg is because he got his uh, EE blaster rifle back. Yes. I don't think he was using that in six. He was using his he pistol. He was using the pistol. Yeah. Uh, but but you got the blaster. But look at that. I mean, that is fucking badass looking. You got. He, he even stripped the, the gray pilot suit now. I mean, he's just going full fucking tunic and then the armor. Yep. I like it. I think it looks better with the black, too. Like here's you know. Greg. Greg's just being an, an idiot, so I'm not even <laughs> gonna address him. Everyone, did you notice Greggy's got a new name? Yeah, that was my idea. He literally, I I told him when he, we finally <laughs> found out the baby's name, and we were going through it. I think he was in the chat, and he was like, "Gregu, call me Gregu," and I was like, yeah. "That should be your fucking Instagram name, Gregu Snaps." And Gregu he Snaps. Here he is. So I, no, I mean, it's like I, I I know Greg's just fucking around. He's trying to get me fired up again because he loved that. I mean, Greg did a special. He did a special video I just know. for my opening rant last week, where he sat there in his Fet helmet, uh, watching me go ballistic <laughs> over uh, Boba Bozo Fet. There to me, there still is two versions. There's the bozo, and then there's the badass. Uh, but luckily, we're at the badass version, and I don't care if he's got fresh painted armor or not. I don't care the if dude, he's painted it fucking pink and purple. Like, yeah, Boba's it looks great. It looks great, and like Tone says, let's go ahead and get a one six scale figure. Of this version of Boba Fett, I'm down. Yeah. yeah, sign me the fuck up. Um, there in the background, it looks like we got a salvage or a dead U-wing. Yeah. Just based on the engines. Uh, the Juggernaut. 
it, it actually, I believe its first appearance was in our, uh, Revenge of the Sith. It showed up in some of the animated series. Uh, the A bigger version was in Rogue One. I think that was like the MV9. This is the MV6 if you want to get super fucking nerdy. <coughs> I do look this stuff up because I'm a loser and I don't ever want to be called out on technicalities. <laughs> this right here. I, I, I forget why I made it an egg. I think I made it an egg because he references his time with the Empire. But my God, if I wasn't a fan of Boba Fett after episode six, when he drops the line, like, I can't go, dude. They, they may recognize my face. My face, yeah. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and Tamara delivered it expertly. It was like, I mean, he said it with, I mean, I don't think it was supposed to be super funny to Mando, but it, obviously to us in the know, it was hilarious. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I got cat problems here. and Got little Leia yep, running around Whenever they you. jump up, they can typically stop things from recording. All right. We're still good to go. Hey, Leia, you know, I love you, buddy, but not right now. Right. <laughs> okay. You can sit behind me. That's it. All right. Yeah, so Boba Fett is also a comedian these days. Like it. Um, here we go. We get the uh, hover tank pilot helmet. Yep. Uh, and we were off on our uh, initial tops card speculations. Yeah, we we were looking at Din the whole time, and not and not Moff Gideon. That was legitimately Din, uh, decked out in his new armor. Uh, clearly, he found out in his fight with the pirates that it is not even close to as protect uh, uh, protective as his Beskar. Yeah, because uh, I mean he was getting cracked in the arm. Shit was breaking. <laughs> uh, it, it was fun to see him fight without his Superman suit on. Yeah. Uh, the comm link here, same type of deal that Han Solo shot up, right? Ah, oh, this thing didn't work anyways type of shit in, yep. in A New Hope. Uh, thermal detonators, just like Lots the one Bausch, Bausch uses in uh, Return of the Jedi. And yes, I know it's Leia, but she goes by Bausch. We got a, a who's who of Rogue One stormtroopers, right? Not only do we get the tank commander, but we got a full uh, sure. platoon of the shore troopers. Yep. Easily one of my favorite... Uh, versions of the stormtrooper i think it's them and the death troopers are up there uh, as my tops din and no helmet again i i didn't i guess i didn't expect to see this so soon but clearly it was a huge moment because not only did it show you his development like this is a guy as nick said that was raised in a bunker and fed kool-aid his entire life on how he should live and who he should be and we know it is super important to him. It, it's it's like he's like some of uh, he's like an evangelist, right? Like a super religious person. It is his life. It's his everything. If he breaks it, you might as well kill him. But what this showed us is that his love for Grogu is so damn strong now that he is willing to compromise his values as a child of the watch. And as a lot of us have speculated, and I think Tone's even brought up here in the chat, basically get his face into the Empire's registry. Yeah. Because when he gets scanned, it's not scanning to see like, oh, you're, you're an Imperial. It's to make sure you're not a not Imperial. Yeah. And to record you in. You're, you're not a, an asswipe. You're not in the New Republic. You're not a known bounty hunter, a known assassin, like Fennec said. Like, they would have been on the list. Yep. So he not only gives in on his convictions as a weirdo Mando, 
but he pretty much gives himself up. And I don't know if being scanned into the Imperial Registry is that big of a deal. I mean, for Christ's sakes, Moff Gideon knew who he was anyways. Yeah, it's like he literally called him out by name. <laughs> like he knew his name. So I, I don't know. I think we're probably all reading way more into that than it was. I, I do think the real reason for him removing his helmet was to, just like we saw Mayfeld grow, it was to be like, yo, this guy can get beyond his brainwashing Yeah, when, when it matters to him. And that was the lesson Mayfeld was saying. He's like, listen, Mando, you will do whatever you've got to do when the going gets tough. Exactly. Yeah. And he was exactly right. They were in a, a fucking tough spot. Mayfeld couldn't do it because he was scared of Hess. He had to do it, so he compromised his value system for Grogu. It was huge. Yeah. And I mean, you called that out in the last episode, too. I mean, you didn't specifically say for this one, but you said before, you know, this ends, he will have to remove his helmet to save the child in some sort of way. To yeah, save so Grogu, there we so. go. That, that was a big sacrifice from him. And it, it's, it's, it, it will fundamentally change Din going forward. Uh, I think this is the first step in him maybe breaking free from the the nutty way and maybe getting more in line with traditional mandos such as Bo. Yeah. Um oh I liked uh, when Mayfeld makes up some backstory. He's like <laughs> Yeah. He's like, yo, uh brown eyes, he can't hear too well because of the Battle of Taneb. Yeah. And, and obviously that was a reference to the Battle of Taneb that Lando was boasting about in Return of the Jedi. Uh, I forget what the hell this screen was all about, but sounds good to me. <laughs> we got some, the Death Star gunners. Oh, I mean, TPS the, the, reports. Oh, yes, <laughs> the Office Space Egg. That's I, right. I, yeah. I, when I Thank heard that, you, I was Nick. like, wow. I can't yeah, you, 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 you look at the numbers while I drive the images. That's, that's yeah. actually a good idea. And it, it only took us seven episodes to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look who showed up. It's our buddy, Boss is in. Here he is. But yeah, you got a nice uh, Office Space uh, call in there. I don't know. Is, is uh, Fumawiya, was, is Rick... Does he have ties to Office Space at all? I don't think so. Because he I mean, was the guy that wrote and directed it. Yeah. Anyways, Death Star Gunners. So this episode was a regular tour de force of Imperial Trooper types. Mm -hmm. uh, Mayfeld, Nick already mentioned it, but he, he uh, name dropped Operation Cinder and Burn and Con. Mm -hmm. Interesting fact, if you watch my Easter egg breakdown, which all of you better fucking should have. <laughs> Um, both of those references were given to us from the Star Wars video game video universe. Game. Operation Cinder and Battlefront 2, uh, Burn and Con in this Star Wars Uprising mobile game, which I think I tried to explain a few shows back, but it was actually, it was almost like a full-on RPG mobile Star Wars game. And it, it had some uh, missions take place on Burn and Con, so, yeah, and that's where yeah. it was... It like never canonized. Got off the ground though. Like, no, it didn't. I think it was alive for a year before they killed the servers. So yeah. Um, Richard Brake, and this is another one. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this was the very first first order drop this or hit we got around the internet too. Oh yeah, like, and, and like so, I, I know I'm not that special, but he literally says, "Listen, people think they want freedom, but what they really want is order. Yeah. The first order then the final order yeah. so nice little that's really the first little tickling we've gotten of uh the remnant eventually transitioning into the fo mm -hmm. and the big one uh, you know what i think we all knew this was coming at some point in time when we saw the slave one was back i think any fan worth their salt 
was like, when are we going to get a seismic charge? Yeah. And sure as shit, we got one this episode. I knew it was coming the moment I saw those ties show up behind the slave. Yeah. I was like, uh, here we go. Here was, we go. Do it, I, Boba. Do it. I was wondering how it would look in atmosphere, too, because we've only ever seen it done in space. So right. I was like, is it still going to like make the yeah, same Yeah, we still sound? got the blue goo. The blue goo still came out. Yeah, but yeah. again, it this bomb's force is in its sound waves. Yeah, just that the the way they do it. I, th- I think it was. I mean, Ryan honored it with his pretty cool sounding uh, hyperspace maneuver by Holdo, mm-hmm. where all the sound just stops. Yeah, and then you get the punch, just like you would in real life. Because I mean, typically, you're gonna hear sound after a collision, after an explosion. You never really hear it right when it happens. It's just I don't want to get too scientific for you people here. Speed of sound is slower than the speed of light. There you go. Uh, but it was great. I mean, it was, it was perfect. And, and obviously a lot of uh, longtime fans, fans of the prequels were like, hell yeah, the, the seismic charge is back. Yeah. Uh, and, and Boba got to loose it again. Because doesn't he kind of prime it in Attack of the Clones for Django? Isn't yeah, Boba the one that ultimately drops it? I, I could be making shit I, up. I, but I haven't watched AOTC in a while, but I think so. Because like he's, yeah, he's the one who's throwing out all the bombs and yeah, shit. He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like a freak when he's a little kid. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm evil. I'm Boba Fett. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was awesome. And then uh, this was great at the end. And, you know, I need to stop watching the fucking recaps because they, they, they telegraph all this type of stuff. Right. I mean, the recap for this episode literally started with Moff Gideon's speech at the end of eight. Which, of course, Din threw right back at him at the end of S2E7, where he gives him the threat, like, I know where you're at. You've got something I want. You have no idea how important it is to me. I'm coming to fuck you up. Yeah. All right. And that's, so there we yeah, go. That's all the eggs. And I mean, top moments, I think we probably ran through some of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the boba armor. Fuck all you people that hate the I fresh paint. I love the boba armor, dude. Yeah, it looks stupid. so fucking clean. It looks so good. I'm sorry, Big Amish. Is it seismic charge? Is it better that way? Is it I think better it is if I seismic. Say seismic charge. There you go. <laughs> you try talking for four fucking hours about this dumb shit and see what you say. Yeah, the fresh paint pimp. Everyone yeah. that says it's not, your opinions are wrong. I usually don't say that, but this time I will. Getting to see the inside of the Slave One and how it functions in its dumbass design. <laughs> I love that we finally, is it like, yeah, it's just a big rotating hall, essentially. Kind of like the, uh, the B-Wings, where the cockpit always kind of stays straight up, but the, the, the wing itself can rotate around it, so they're always on the up and up. Uh, and it's, it's a little bigger than we thought, still not yeah. that big. I mean, enough to kind of powwow with some people in there and then Fett driving in the front. No, but it was nice to finally see the inside of this ship, and, uh, and I guess we may see even more of it if this does ultimately become the new whip for whatever Mandalorian is is uh, uh, driving it. Will it be Din? Will it be Boba? Who knows? But it, it was nice after all these years to finally see what the Fets have been rolling with uh, outside of its exterior and just its ramp. Yeah. Uh, you know, Din, Din in his armor, uh, ch- taking yeah. his armor off all the jokes. It was kind of fun. That was fun. Yeah. Again, taking the helmet Ripping off. That was a off. huge moment. We, we've talked about why that was important. Mayfeld, as Nick said, I mean, his, his talk with, uh, Hess 
and then just blown him away. A fantastic moment. I mean, brilliantly acted by Burr, and then just the way it plays out, the escape, climbing on the on the outside, getting up a ladder. When he when he busts that tank of rhydonium on the back of that truck and blows up the whole facility like just that moment because like he they're already gone like they're gone oh yeah but you that moment just shows you how important that moment in in uh mayfeld's life was like well, yeah, that it's moment on burning calm when everybody was killed right. like he wanted more than and just you know killing why he hess did that he payback. did that because hess said with the rhydonium you've delivered us we can essentially make burn Conan looks stupid. Yeah. And, and he, Mayfeld's like, okay, well, I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to take you out and I'm going to go ahead and blow up your fucking facility. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a direct answer to what he witnessed from this uh, Imperial officer. And, and then what he heard there, he's like, I'm not letting you do that again. Yeah. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to take out your resources. So at least prevents the empire from doing it right away. Mm-hmm. I, obviously the bomb was the best moment we talked about that and <laughs> there we go yeah. so that's kind of our breakdown of s2e7 the believer uh like we said just just really good stuff it might take a viewing or two to really understand like the nuances that they added to the world of the mandalorian and the characters of mayfeld uh din i mean hell even You'd even say that the interactions with with Fennec and, and Kara kind of added to who they are and what they're willing to do. Yeah, right. I mean, it was fine. It was kind of neat seeing them as as the Overwatch there, the, the the snipers on the hill, you know, popping people from miles away to let their dudes get away. So yeah. it just it was it was a really good episode. I mean, I, I think the, when I saw it the first time, I was like, eh. I think it's because in my own head, as we sometimes do. I was expecting it to play out in a much different tone, manner, whatever. But in the end, I like where it left. And it obviously tees us up for some predictions in eight, Nick. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the good guys know where Gideon's at. They yep. know how to find him. Yep. You said it last week, and I still think you're right. Uh, there's a good chance we're either going right to Camino or at least the space or the atmosphere above Camino. I guess... Is it going to be a ship intrusion? That probably can't happen because Gideon knows he's coming. Yeah. I mean, I'll let you go first. What, what do I you think is going to happen in this finale? Is it going to be long? Is it going to be short? Are we going to get anything resolved from this first, from this second season? I think that if we are on Camino, which I'm going to just say that we are on Camino, there, there's too much to happen for it to be short. Because Camino is, has too much meaning to a lot of the people who are in play here. Um, obviously, Grogu is is likely on Camino testing being done. Uh, it means too much to Boba. There's going to be a lot of memories for Boba Fett on Camino. Obviously, if I mean, he lived them, there. He right? lived there. He lived yeah. there with Django. Yeah. If any of the Caminoans are still there, Tan We, you know, if, uh, any of them are still there. Like he's going to have a lot of flashbacks, memories, even conversations to be had for Boba. But then also, you know, just I don't think that we're going to end this season without having Grogu back in the hands of Mando. That's what I'll say. I think that that he gets him back. But I think that there's going to be something up with him, like whether it be he's just diminished because of the testing that's been done to him. And, you know, the the the, you know, midichlorians that have been drained. Or something is going to be up with the like child. Like he's going to get him back almost half dead or something like that? Well, like, I think that 
there's going to be a, a more visible darkness to him. Like we saw at the end of episode six, where he's like going full dark side yeah, on there, these there, troopers. There's, there's been people saying that this may be enough to, to push him over the edge for good. Yeah. Well, I don't know about for good. Maybe at least just for the time being, like he, there is a darkness. I, I, I don't know. I may have said this last week when I, I highlighted the fact that the, you know, they're, they made a point to show him get the shifter knob back. Yeah. And I think I, I, I speculated a bit then that the shifter knob may be broken out to snap Grogu out of what Nick is saying. Like maybe when they show up, maybe Gideon's done enough shit that, that Grogu is a little funky. Like fuck you guys. Yeah. It, it, but you know, Din Din pops out the ball and he's like, "Come here, little buddy." I think he Come uses here, it buddy. to kill somebody. And he goes, for sure. "Grogu, <laughs> Grogu," <laughs> and then he gets Grogu back. But yeah, I, I've seen some people think that Grogu may be a little off kilter. Yeah, I, I don't think that I don't think Gideon dies here. I know that you know. Last time I said that he's going to use the little ball to send it right through Gideon's head. I think Gideon survives, but I think that. There's something that is just changed within Grogu after this, and I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. But I think that it will necessitate the training the, of a Jedi. The to, Jedi, okay. Kind of break I'm it. down with that because if you if you in, it would it would work work really well for Ezra too because it would be a similar situation to what Ezra was in, like with the you know the dark side holocron with Maul in his head. Oh, yeah. Like Ezra would be able to kind of guide him through that. Like, look, I've been through this before and I know that the pull right. I, is I've strong. had the temptations. I think a lot of people yeah. forget. I've, it might have been the start of season three. But they're on a mission like Ezra, Sabine and them. And, and Ezra, and this is after he's been in the possession of the Sith Holocron. You could even see when he got that, like it was affecting him. Mm-hmm. But he was using some very Vader-esque force moves on some troopers, like yeah. picking them up and throwing them off platforms and stuff. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. Uh, Cause I, I do think we're, we're headed for a bit of an ESB type of ending where, you know, the, the good guys have a little bit of a victory, but ultimately things are still in disarray for them. Something yeah. is, is off. And, and like, Nick's going with Grogu is, is fucked up. Yeah, like I think like Grogu gets out and like like overall you're like, okay, they made it. But then like maybe the final scene in this, you know, in this episode for season two is like they've perfected this M count serum and then and then Gideon gets injected. That or, or there's a fucking clone of Grogu in a tube. So now yeah. they've got their own source. Yeah, something like that, because they've had them for a while now. You have to figure you know, the amount of time that they've had Grogu is long enough to be able to extract a lot of blood from them or whatever they right. need. Um, yeah, so I, do, I, I just, I do not think we get a Miller time where everybody, yeah. the good guys win, Gideon loses Grogu again and everything's fine and we just reset for season three. I, I like Nick's way where, where Grogu's a little fucked up and that's kind of the loss there. That That's where the team failed. They didn't get there quick enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the option that they literally just don't even get him back. Yeah. I mean, think about that. Think about the, the, the pain your, your, your Star Wars heart will have to, <laughs> will have to hold. For a year. For a year. I mean, we won't even be in the middle of, we won't even be Mando time yet this time next year. Yeah. It's... Uh, so I, I do, I think the, the big end, obviously Grogu's going to be huge. And I think his fate will be the, 
the big deal? Is he either not rescued at all or is he rescued but damaged and not who he used to be? Yeah. That that's kind of where we're at, right? Yeah. I mean it's... I think at minimum Bo Katan shows back up. I actually yeah. think we'll we'll see Mando call her because he knows that she wants the dark saber. She's looking for Gideon. He knows where Gideon's at now. It it, it makes a lot of sense that they get in contact again. Yeah, I agree. Like, hey, Bo, I know you've been looking for this guy. I'm not sure why. I've got his coordinates. They've got Grogu. I could really use Team Night Owl. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, you, Casca and Homeboy Axe, come meet us at these coordinates? Thanks. Yeah. I know it's not on any hollow map, but... The stars around it are pulling in the direction of the gravity. So there's most certainly a planet there. Little AOTC reference for you. Right. So uh, in terms of any deaths, that, that's also a good point. Uh, the first season, we lost both Kuil and IG-11 over the last two episodes. I mean, do we I mean, there is a case that Boba Fett completes his redemption by sacrificing himself. It is either possible. for Din for Fennec or Grogu. I mean, it's very possible that we lose Boba and Fennec. Because, I mean, Fennec, now that we know we're getting more Fennec in the past, it's not necessarily needed to keep her in the right. current time. Right. So we could lose Fennec. Um, it would be a little weird that, like, Boba rebuilt her and then she just immediately dies again. Um but well, I mean, that, that's pretty much what happened to IG-11, right? Khalil rebuilt his ass, turned him into a nurse murder bot, and then he gets he sacrifices himself. Yeah. I, I do think a death is, is, is very possible, if not guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, I really don't want Boba to die because I just, I don't know, man. I think that it's valuable to have him around, not just in terms of like in-universe can't like storytelling, right. but like. For fans, like fans like Boba, fans like this version of Boba. I'm with you. And like I said, I don't think they can kill him yet because they have not explained his resurrection. I'm sorry. This is not the the, the lightsaber in in Maz Kanata's treasure chest type of plot hole. This is fucking huge. (laughs) We need to know how he made it out of the Sarlacc pit and was reinserted in the canon. And if they kill him off now, you really can't do that unless they have like a memorial s3e1 for boba fett it just it's not gonna happen yeah Yeah, it's it's interesting but i mean obviously you can't like you know fucking uh grief cargo is not gonna die care is probably not gonna die i mean i don't if they whack bo katan then like what the fuck no way there's no way i mean maybe axe Mm -hmm. would i mean you could you could take him out you could take casca out yeah you it would have to be like almost side characters which i'm thinking why you know that's why Fennec could go, but not Boba, because Fennec's not really as important as Boba. Um, no, not at yeah. All. Those are those are the key candidates right now. Like if if the Night Owl will show up, then either Casca Co- or Axe, and then uh, Fennec probably. That well, here's be- the case, and I don't know if this is where Action Figure Neverland's going, but if 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 Bo does get taken out, it it starts setting up for. You know, you people that want Fett to become the Mandalore, mm-hmm. uh, it could set up Din sliding into that role by getting possession of Darksaber. I mean, it could like that could literally lead. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go that direction, but it's just like, do you, is that is that what you really want? Like as a fan of all the content 
and knowing Bo's journey, it would be way more satisfying for me to see Bo get the Darksaber, take up the mantle, and rebuild Mandalore oh, yeah, than yeah. it would I, be I for, mean, dude, for to Boba. me, it's easy. You, you fucking whack Cara Dune. Plain and simple. <laughs> you take care of a real-life potential issue, and you take care of a character. Let, let's be real. The way Gina portrays her, it, it's not the best. I mean, Gina's never been the greatest actress, all right? She's, you know, She's kinda, a physical, more physical right. presence. That, that's why she was hired. Not for her acting skills, but for her combat prowess. <laughs> for her ability to grapple. Uh, I mean, if you just watch a lot of her scenes, acting isn't that natural for her. I mean, you'd have to argue. I don't know how many non-stand-up gigs Bill Burr has done, but he is a way more accomplished and better actor than Gina Carano. Yeah, it's not even close. Like this guy can act where she would essentially be if I if they're like, hey, Matt, uh, we need you to read a few lines on set. That's how I'd come <laughs> off like, oh, I'm Cara Dune. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like he's actually had. Well, he did. He has a whole television series, like animated series on Netflix F is for family where he's the main character. Um, but yeah, he's, but that, he's I mean, that's a, animated. Yeah. Anyone like, but he's done a lot of seen. like live action acting gigs. It seems leading up to to Mando. I know um, he was just in Pete Davidson's movie. I mean, he's not like a complete yeah. noob. And obviously, if you do stand up, you're you're pretty decent at delivering lines. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess just to move things on. No way, we get a happy ending. I know that's kind of an easy out. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be completely happy. It may be something good happens, but it's not going to be like the, like you said, the Miller time moment. Yeah, there, there's no way. I, I'm going to go with, we're going to get Ahsoka. We're okay. going to get the Jedi. And we're going to get at least Bo-Katan. Makes sense. They're, they're going to help in the raid. The raid is going to seem, no, I'm sticking with my original thing. Like, eh, we're, we're going at, we're going at it. It's looking like we got it but the Jedi shows up too fucking late. The bad guys ultimately win and we do not get Grogu back. Yeah. Okay. I, I say that we get him back. All right. But he's tainted. I'll say, I'll say tainted. Okay. Well, at least we have two <laughs> different perspectives. Yeah. Um, right. So real quick, before we move on to the low hanging fruit, I just want to give you guys a little bit of school in here. My Mando explained this week was on operation Cinder. Morak and Mayfeld. Um, Morak and Mayfeld, there's not too much on them just because they're brand new. And I mean, Morak is brand new, like literally made yep. up for this episode. And and really the most that we have on Mayfeld is that he was a sharpshooter for the Imperial military and what went down on Burn and Khan. So, so really what I want to focus on is Operation Cinder because Operation Cinder is extremely important to the Star Wars universe, especially Mando timeline into Rise of the First Order time. Uh, hold on, Nick. Ba yes, I, I, I'm going to call that again. I did say, and I'm going to add it back into this now, that Din will be dueling with Gideon with his spear versus yeah. the Darksaber. You heard yes. it here first. I said it. Yes, yes, I agree there. But um, so much for all these fucking saber fights Homeboy was talking about. I unless, know, like he... Maybe unless he... he you know what it's going to be? It's going to be him and Din, and then when the Jedi shows up or Ahsoka, it will be him and the lightsaber. There, there we go. Yeah. There's another prediction. Yeah. Two, he gets two fights. Um, so Operation Cinder is extremely important as a part of the contingency, is what it was called by Palpatine. So 
Palpatine had in place a contingency plan that would essentially ensure that the Empire did not survive after his death in the in the event of his death. Operation Cinder was a part of the contingency plan that called for basically the complete eradication of all weak elements of the Empire um, post his death. And we saw moments of Operation Cinder play out in Battlefront 2's campaign uh, with Aiden Verzio. Aiden Verzio was formerly a, uh, an Imperial who was tasked with essentially kicking off Operation Cinder directly after the, the death of the Emperor. Um, and then she defected to the right because it wasn't it was on her home planet that they essentially wanted her to blow up or a planet that meant something to her yeah so what operation cinder would do was basically you would gather large swaths of the imperial troops you would (laughs) and and then just kill them exactly most fucking palpatine plan of all palpatine plans which is exactly what happened to mayfeld in his unit on burn and con so burn and con (laughs) <laughs> Under Valen Hess's command, all of his all of his comrades were gathered there, and they just executed them, and they essentially destroyed the planet as well. Um, yeah, and talk were, about a sore loser. I mean, <laughs> Palpatine makes what Trump did here look like child's play. Yeah, Palpatine's like, "Yo, I lost, so fuck all of you people." Yeah, so I'm killing you deserve all of to you. die. <laughs> I'm destroying planets. So the ultimately. The contingency plan would have had the destruction of the planet Jakku during the Battle of Jakku, but um, all of the all of Operation Cinder was under the um, command of a former Grand Admiral known as Gallius Rex Rax, but he was killed by another Imperial uh, Grand Admiral by the name of Ray Sloan. Um, so because he was killed, the destruction of the planet Jakku did not happen. Um, That's where their back was broken. Ultimately. Yes. That was, that was where the the, the remnant finally died at the battle of Jakku. Yes, exactly. And it was on Rax's dying breath. He told Ray Sloan like, Hey, you need to go into the unknown regions and take, these people with you and those people were Brendel and Armitage Hawks. So it was Hawks and his dad because the form, like, you know, you need to go there because there's important things happening. Right. So Ray Sloan then goes with, with the Huxes out into the unknown regions and ultimately to Exegol to start the formation of the, of the first order. So it's very important that operation cinder has been brought into uh, into like actual not I'm not going to say actual can because it was canon anyway yeah but it like brought into this show because um, it's a huge part of of what is being played out here and not only did you know Valen has saying order kind of spur that like that Operation Cinder being mentioned is a direct lead into the formation of the first of order. course of course beautiful and, stuff and, and then now. It, it may even be possible that you see Ray Sloan come into this show. Like we're, we're constantly talking about like who is, who's pulling the strings in the background, who's doing all this, blah, blah, blah. We, everybody's thinking about, about, um, what you call it about Thrawn. Yes. That would be the coolest in terms of what people like us already know about, but like Ray Sloan could come in as the, as the main. Well, I mean, uh, let's be real. And this it's is another reason Thrawn, like, why I did not like Tross and, 
all the Palpatine stuff. It, Palpatine is technically the one pulling all the strings. Yeah. We know yeah. this now because of the silly route we went in Tross. But yeah, who who are his direct lieutenants, if you will? Who yeah. are the ones that his, his mouthpieces? Because uh, clearly they haven't figured out the puppets yet. There's no Snoke. I mean, it's starting to look like this is what all this is for, is to give Palpatine his puppet to control his lieutenants in the flesh versus, you know, using emissaries or, or speaking to them through the force. Who the fuck knows what he's doing at this point? Yeah. He could still be sleeping, right? Zombie clone style. Yeah. So that's that's all I wanted to give you guys on Operation Center. Very important that that was mentioned. Yeah, if, you, if you've somehow missed Battlefront 2's campaign, it, it's it's a very nice slice of canon. It's it's a it's a good little story that actually takes you all the way up to almost TFA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good stuff there. Um, and that brings us into kind of the, yeah, the just, quick just hits. Yeah, just some quick hits. Quick hits. We're, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this shit because it is what it is. I'm like so oversaturated with Star Wars toys in 2020. I'm starting to feel like Nick <laughs> when we get to these topics. And I'm just like, <laughs> another toy to buy that's just going to sit in its box on a table in my basement. Uh, but in all honesty, though, I, I will say that this uh, we're talking about the newly revealed Mando Monday for Episode 7 uh, Bo-Katan Black Series figure. And Nick, I know this isn't your bag, but you got to admit that's a, a damn good looking live action representation of Miss Kreese. Oh, yeah, this is. Uh, and really, I, I think the best part about this, Nick, it wasn't a fucking retailer exclusive. That is uh, nice. so all of us hardcore collectors that lose sleep over this type of shit. Uh, we didn't have to sit there at 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 three fifty nine p.m. on our keyboards like, okay, oh shit, <laughs> am I going to beat the bots? Oh no, here come the cart bots! Go 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 go! It's in my cart! Oh fuck, it's not! Ah! And then you don't get it. So uh, it was nice to uh, just get a standard release of this type of figure. And for those of you that may have missed out on some old figures, some great figures actually, a lot of the Rogue One troopers. Uh, Hasbro is doing an archive release of the Hover Tank Commander, the Shore Trooper, the uh, Tusken Raider, and a Death Trooper. It's almost as if they're like, hey, I bet we have a bunch of new fans that have only watched The Mandalorian, and these are all now characters they've seen <laughs> there. So let's break out those molds and start printing some cash. Very, very well done in terms of their release for those. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all these are available to pre order from whoever you want. We'd appreciate if you used our Entertainment Earth link because it'll get me a few dollars to waste on toys. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next new toy update that is relevant and clearly Mando Mondays have been loaded with shit. It's just it's nothing I want to uh, dive into. There, there's there's a lot. I like figures. People that listen to this, I think you like figures. So we mostly stick to the figures uh, and the big boy stuff, not the not the small scale. Not that there's anything wrong with small scale, because, yes, I agree. The TVC Gideon looks better than the Black Series Gideon. <laughs> but this Gideon that we're looking at now is the best. And yes, I will be pre-ordering him as soon as he is live on Sideshow. And I am talking about the 1-6 scale Moff Gideon, a.k.a. Giancarlo Esposito in Star Wars. Yes. I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, and yeah, we, I think we the got the glamour shots now. The, the uh, Darksaber looks pretty fucking sick, too. I mean, that's probably hard to pull off something like that in plastic form right yeah like like with the right lighting there nick you could probably almost get it to look like it is emanating it's 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 power source yeah 
Uh, but th- this guy looks great. Th- I think this is probably going to be the last figure in the season one Mando collection for a one six scale. Uh, I ended up getting all of them outside of the Death Watch Trooper, I believe. So yes, I'm an asshole. Uh, my Death Trooper will be here tomorrow. This guy showed up this week. Ta-da! Solo Maul. <laughs> Looking good. And yes, he's just sitting in the box and probably will never have a picture taken because I'm a piece of shit. But anyways, Moff Gideon, one six scale from Hot Toys. Uh, I When I wrote it, he was not quite up on Sideshow yet. I'm going to go bounce out there right now and see what we get. Uh, obviously, our site doesn't even work for links outside of our site, so just bear with me here. <laughs> now he's he's still not up, but I'm just guessing, just based on what we're, we're getting from Gideon, which is two versions of the dark saber, a couple pairs of hands and a pistol. He's probably going to be the, in the, I'd say two thirty five to two sixty five range. Uh, so stay tuned. There we Pre-order go. Pre-order that shit. No one needs to save money anymore. Humanity <laughs> is not going to make it another 20 years. All right. Cyberpunk 2077 will not happen in our real universe. Okay. Last one, my friend, and then it's fan segment time. Sound like Oprah now. <laughs> you get a car, and you yeah. get a car, and you get a Star Wars, and you get a Star Wars. Three this hours is just and a- fifteen minutes in, we've gotten That's to right. the Oprah. We're doing good. We're doing good. Um, this is a, a a purely a PSA for uh, maybe the older Star Wars fans or, or those that just appreciate behind the scenes B roll type of footage uh, from the filmmaking industry. But today. Uh, thanks to Good Morning America, and I believe it was Clayton Sandell. He's he's a known Star Wars uh, media type of guy, so he's not a shithead. Uh, but they released a rare and exclusive, never-before-seen behind-the-scenes reel for ESB. Uh, it's almost seven minutes long, and like I said, it's it's well worth a watch. If you're a fan of the OT, in particular, what a lot of people call the best Star Wars movie ever made in Empire Strikes Back, so... Uh, you get to see a lot of cool hijinks playing out on the set. Hamill doing a tauntaun dance. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher fucking with people with her long braids. Apparently, she was everything on the set. Her and Harrison flirting. It's great. I mean, it's just it's it's a great little nostalgic kind of time capsule look at what these people were going through. Hell, at this point, I mean, Mark and Carrie are probably what in their in their twenties. I know yeah. Carrie was in her twenties. Mark might have been a little bit higher, Harrison close was to thirty. He was in his thirties. Yeah, he would have been in his late thirties. It's just, it's, it's just crazy to to look and see what they're doing, filming this shit in the snow right outside of the hotel and the blizzards that prevented Harrison from even getting there because trains weren't running. Uh, so that's it. I mean, it's really nothing to break down. It's just BTS of ESB. But if you appreciate that film, if you appreciate filmmaking, or if you just love yourself some behind the scenes, check it out. We've got it on StarWarsTime.net. Yep. So good stuff there. All right. Ba 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 ba. We have made it to this week's fan segment. We're going to start with the fan question of the week, which Nick, you know, changed up a bit. You were all thinking like, hey, what was your favorite part of S2E7 of the Mando? But no, no, no. (laughs) Nick threw a wrinkle in this week and actually kind of gave you a guided. uh, He was looking for guided responses, in particular about Mayfeld. Uh, So let me go ahead and do the quick flip over here, buddy. You'll get to slack up and running. 
Let's make sure it's not on our private chat where we talk <laughs> shit about everybody. Okay, it was, so good thing I looked first. <laughs> and there's a question. One, two, a couple more clicks. There we go. All right, so like I said, it's not just a general what was your favorite thing. It kind of was, but Nick said, weekly Mando post, weekly Mando post. Come get your weekly Mando post. What were your thoughts on the most recent episode? And here, here's where it gets tricky. Do you like Mayfeld? I want to know. A lot of people don't like him. All right. I'm getting, my, I'm getting my boys reading out of the way first so I can relax for this segment. <laughs> Let me stretch a bit. <sighs> Got to take deep breaths, get the diaphragm going. All right, Bossage in. Here we go. He told me he put a lot of Australian slang in here, so hopefully nothing oh, is no. racist. Because if you get me in fucking trouble, I will sail my little boat down there <laughs> and, and, and fuck up your kangaroo farm that you were showing me. <laughs> By the way, like I know last week when I was, I was kind of yelling at him and I was telling him to go, you know, do some things with kangaroos and joeys <laughs> and all that. He actually recorded some videos. I mean, kangaroos in Australia are like fucking deer here. Yeah, they're just all over the place. They're all over the fucking place. I was like, yeah, they're lucky they don't live here. Because here, you go to a park and there's a bunch of kangaroos, you'd have people like, Yeehaw! I just shot me a kangaroo. Why? Because I can. Cause. Guns. Yeah. America. Are you going to eat it? No. Nah, fuck no. Guns. I got to be safe. The kangaroos will punch you. <laughs> but it was crazy i mean he's like in a park and there are i mean there's fucking kangaroos everywhere everywhere i mean you can tell australia does not believe in firearms there's no way there's no way there'd be that many free kangaroo in america if they lived here no fucking way we we'd create a season just to fucking thin their herds yeah, just, a bit just to kill them <laughs> there would be, definitely be kangaroo season i love it all right here we go all right, so Darth Hideous's response. The Believer. Well, there were so many Easter eggs in this episode that you would have been forgiven for thinking it was Easter, not Christmas. I was flat out like a lizard drinking, just keeping up with all of them. It seems to me that this show is about redemption. While I actually enjoyed the Mayfeld character in the first season more, interesting, Despite him acting like a bit of a drongo, you can actually see his character progression. Maybe the time he served has given him reason to reflect on how much of a farrakin he was and ultimately redeem himself and save Mando's ass. Anyways, enough beating around the bush. I love that we got some new and some old troopers. The short troopers are probably my second favorite trooper after the death trooper. And oh boy, was there plenty of them. Hopefully that means we get more of them as figures. Ask and you shall receive, Basajan. They have been unleashed. Mm -hmm. Now in Australia, you're probably going to have to pay $100 per figure. But that's your fault for living in the land that does not exist. <laughs> I continue. I can't get enough of the new look for Boba. I'm calling him Mythic Boba. And despite last week's thunder cunting for Maddie, knew he was just taking the piss with me. Thank you. I did have to reach out to Darth Hideous and make sure that he was not offended, as I did to the other people. 
Uh, one guy was offended and will never listen again. That's fine. Uh, but our buddy Bostajan, he knows what's going on. He knows we're just playing some WWE here when I start yelling at him and tell him <laughs> to fondle Joey's in their mother's pouch. Okay, and we continue. Like mates do from time to time, we have a difference of opinion, but we both agree that this version of Fett is a hard dude you wouldn't want to call a Sheila in the pub. <laughs> The new paint job on his armor is amazing, and I fucking need a 112th and a 1/6 scale figure if of this mad lad. I'm guessing that's what he was trying to say. Yeah. Fair suck of they say it. Fair suck of the savit should have hit the shelves by Chrissy. We're we're like what? I I need to put on the full accent at this point. I don't know but, if that's a mistype or if that's actually something. No, I think it's all slang. Okay. Like the Chrissy, I guess that's a way to say Christmas. I like that. Yeah. I need to watch Crocodile Dundee over and over and over and master the accent because I can't whenever I start doing the Australian, it immediately turns into like some Cockney British stuff. Yeah. It's like, hello, God. Ah! Uh, and in Australia, it is very it is different, very much different, even though they are a bunch of convicts from Britain. Uh, on another note, I honestly find nothing about Cara Dune interesting, and Karana's acting is pretty bland. Agreed. I wouldn't fuck her with a dead dingo's donga. Okay? I'm hoping that's a dead dingo's wiener. All in all, you would be a gala if you didn't like this show. Give it a Captain Cook, matey! <laughs> you won't be disappointed. I, I'm not gonna lie, I did look up gala. Gala's basically, I think you're, you're like a moron. Okay. And if you give something to Captain Cook, it's literally like, oh, yeah, check it out. Okay. So right. I, you know what? The Aussies have some pretty bitchin' slang. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It, like it, Sheila's and Gala's and Captain Cook. <laughs> It'd be like, know. hey, Nick, I just took a huge shit. Why don't you go give that give a Captain, Captain Cook? Cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a knife. Well, I this mean, is a knife. It was a very colorful response. By <laughs> Cheers, big ears. What the hell's that? Because I wear my cans. Yeah, do I have big these? ears? I don't know. Is it these? I don't know. I don't get it. But all right, uh, Thank, a, thanks, Bossajan. Overall, by Bossajan. So all we're right. getting into some more responses. We have a ton of responses this week, so I'll, I'm gonna try to blow through them. As yeah, quickly we as don't possible. have to sit here and dwell on every single one. Yeah. So uh, press pause. Photography says, "Great question for me. I was dreading him because Bill Burr is my favorite comedian. I just can't take him seriously in Star Wars, especially since he rags on it all the time in his stand up. <laughs> uh, but this episode was so brilliantly written and directed that it made me love the character. There we go. There was depth." there i never expected um he felt like a real person and though his character uh i felt like the other and though i like his character i felt like the other people were real too um it was cool to see how the galaxy is affected by the giant yes. events of the movies yes. and games yep. movies slash games good call out there that's Press like pause. nick was saying with cinder i mean both yeah. cinder and Khan came from the gaming universe first exactly uh nico said <laughs> i thought he was great Hopefully he's co-starring with Matt's favorite Gina in the Rangers show. Lots of depth brought to the surface with the Mayfeld in Din's mission. Um, the believer was Din. Right. He believes he's meant to be Groku's father. And like the good daddy Lorian he is, he's going to do everything, including reveal his face to get his son back. Love it. Hopes are high for chapter six. Yes, hopes are high, but I'm still expecting to feel a little, uh, you know, my eyes might feel a little funny. 
mm-hmm. heart might be fluttering a little bit come Friday. I, I just have a feeling where it's not going to be like the end of season one where literally the good guys won. Din accepted his challenge. He threw the guy over his shoulder and jetpacked off into the distance. Yeah, it's not going to be one of those moments. I don't no. think so. Nick's, Nick's essentially saying when that happens this time, Grogu's going to be force choking Din to death instead. Exactly. <laughs> He's going to kill him. All right. Um, all right. So Lima 4, our good buddy from Discord, says, okay, so he says, okay, don't stone me for saying this, but I actually didn't know Burr before the Mandalorian, or maybe I've seen him uh before i just don't know it um not i mean like burr is mainly a comedian so you would have to watch some stand-up comedy to know him i know that that lima you're in um the philippines so i don't know like well i I think i think lima's take is is great because he's like i had no preconceived notion of what this man should do yeah and And to him the man did his job and that's really all we can ask of an actor exactly he says but as a testament to his good acting especially in this episode i never would have known that he was a comedian by profession uh there were a lot of good moments in the last episode but damn i was screaming at the tv release a fucking seismic charge when i saw the tie fighters in pursuit (laughs) seismic charge sorry matt is seismic Uh, charge no it is seismic seismic. i just (laughs) said seismic and someone called me on it so now that's what i'm gonna say uh imagine the feeling when i actually saw boba release one obi-wan would have been proud i I don't know if he'd been proud he'd been scared i think he's saying he popped wood yeah he was very big fan uh yc solo totally hated the character and the entire episode uh, episode in season one, but loved how he was in See, chapter fifteen. There you go. I think a lot of people felt that way as Turnaround. many felt. Got the big turnaround there. The old one eighty. So that was from YC Solo. It says Galaxy Man uh DE says was a cool dynamic episode. Mayfeld surely won a lot of sympathy, but come on, we want more Boba action. We need <laughs> figures of them all. Yeah, I man, agree. Collectors love their figures. Dude, if, if you don't get a Mayfeld you know that would be surprising All mayfeld right, so. should be a character now for sure and the new boba fett they yeah. have to and fennec shan yeah. and yeah, you got to do a yeah. fennec got to uh all right so next up lottie 1987 says, to keep it short and sweet theo's episode did a great job at character progression for din who's theo that one went over my head too and i hate when shit goes over my head because i feel like i should know this type of shit but i do yeah. not because this was Rick Famuyiwa who wrote and directed this episode. Right. So I don't know who Theo is. Unless you talk, unless it's like some sort of weird reference that we're not getting yet. Uh, character progression for Din. In the way that he's now removed his helmet in front of others. And it's probably a step towards him denouncing the watch and becoming like the rest. Also, when Slave 1 dropped the sonic charge. And I heard that silence before the explosion. I got goosebumps. Everybody. God damn it, Lottie. You know it's a seismic yeah. charge. Seismic. Seismic charge. <laughs> Uh, Wyatt Harden, he is becoming a regular respondent, says episode was awesome. Mayfeld grew on me. Was weird and cool seeing the Imperials cheer our heroes on since usually the rebels are the guys cheering the heroes on. Like the callback to Battlefront 2 with Operation Cinder. Good job. An attack of the clones and the seismic, seismic, sonic <laughs> charge. <laughs> I want everyone to just start glitching out on this word now. Yeah. Right, see uh, what you get. See what you started. Big Amish. This is your fault. Yeah. Found out Boba has two jetpacks and now I'm a big uh, Boba fan. I've uh, seen people not like Boba's new paint job and I respect that, but I like it. I no, think he's hey, going hey, for why a clean slate. Don't respect that opinion. Yeah, that, no, I, I'm dumb. one that does, I, I am a human that understands opinions. 
but this is one I'm not going to allow to carry. And look Boba at that. He gives you a reason behind it. He said, and another reason he cleaned it was because some, now that someone else wore the armor, it had to be in battles he had never, was never part of. And he wants the armor to show how much he's been through uh, as a respect and reputation. Also, as a joke, probably to make more Hasbro Bobas. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, he he just got this armor back from fucking some guy. Right, it probably some smelled like Cobb Jawa Vanth. jizz and Cobb yeah. Vanth stank. Yeah, no, he needed to to clean it up, get it back to his his style of armor. Uh, Scissor Me Xerxes says this episode did a great job of humanizing Mayfeld yeah. and fleshing out his motivations as a character, which was more than I expected to get. Not sure why they couldn't have given him a ride to a better location instead of... That yeah, was him. funny, right? They're like, hey, dude, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, they just left him. I really did kind of expect him to say at the end, like, hey, can I, like, bum a ride to Narshida or Me something? Me too, but he just walks walks off screen. No, he just, bye-bye. It's like now he's just on Morak trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Yeah, he's he's basically going to get killed by those the, the locals that hate his guts. Yeah. Because remember, he didn't have his helmet on when he was rolling through in the tank. Yeah. Uh, so he says, uh, instead of giving a ride to a better loca- uh, location, instead of setting him free, like 200 yards from the remnant base. Uh, <laughs> also it was nice getting some interior rotating shots yeah. to slave one and imagining Mando piloting like in between that. episodes while See, Boba hit that. This is the type of deep star Wars thought I appreciate. Not yeah. how did he paint his armor? When did he have the time? Yeah. No, I like people thinking like that's kind of fucked up. They literally couple hundred yards away from this facility dude just blew up and they just kick him out and yeah, it's like, like yeah you, you later here <laughs> not uh, even back to navarro like come on yeah um, press pause a good co- i was thinking that too at least for the star wars customizer i mean nick i i don't know if you've seen but the community has just knocked it out of the park making the custom bobas I mean, they first started with Boba just in the nomad robes. Yep. Then they did Boba with the armor and his gray under tunic. And now we have another version of Boba. And that's what Connor's saying here. It's like, you know, you guys say it's pretty inconsiderate of him to paint that armor after all of us already made <laughs> customs of him. Yeah. Now you I, gotta I do feel your pain, but the officials look at it this way. You people that are dropping these customs, look at the reaction you're getting i mean every one of you that done this you're you're getting 800s to a thousands of likes so keep it up because at the pace hasbro moves we're, we ain't getting a fucking boba fett official figure and probably t- until this time next year if we're lucky yeah yeah so y'all are way ahead of the curve uh next up our good buddy tones one one three eight mayfeld's character development was exceptional in this episode as was his acting Bill Burr totally knocked it out of the park, especially when he was sitting with Valen Hess. I agree. It was my favorite part. Favorite part. Uh, It was also great to see Din remove the bucket for a second time. Pedro acted the discomfort out incredibly well. And at times you could feel the awkwardness. He did. did. Yeah, dude, it it really did feel like he was like, yeah, Pedro the whole time. Like you just, you could feel his asshole being puckered. Yeah. It's like he had like this, this perpetual like deer in headlights. Yeah. He couldn't breathe or anything. He's just sitting there like, Oh my God, let's just get the fuck out of here. Now this guy's having shots and Holy shit. He just shot. him. (laughs) He just killed that guy. (laughs) Loads more awesomeness out of this chapter two. short troopers in that seismic seismic sonic charge. (laughs) See, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> seismic. Seismic. Oh, man. Uh, so that's great. And a lot Sir, of people with Mayfield. Yeah, Mayfeld. I think it's, uh, it might be autocorrect. Probably. Uh, probably. Because it is it's, Mayfeld. It's, it's Mi- Migs Mayfeld. Migs Mayfeld. 
Uh, Sir Dork here calls him Meefeld, M-E-Y. <laughs> Sir Dork says, didn't love Meefeld last season, but I liked him a lot in this episode. Loved seeing great, uh, loved seeing great some shore trooper action. Some trooper action. Love seeing episode. great some, some okay. trooper action. Probably some hey, We don't have a lot of English majors that Gosh, listen to us. Jared, That's fine. if you would just type correctly. <laughs> We know uh, he's doing. He probably had a blowtorch in one hand and was typing yeah, with his thumb in the one other. One finger swiping the other. Right. Uh, and then the Darth Dad with the response, he says, "Yep, totally agree with you. Last year, forgettable character who could have been played by anyone. But for me, when the funny guy got serious at the lunch table, yeah. it sold. It sold That's it why I grabbed that one. I thought that was yeah. a good point. It's like anytime you can get a character like that that you think's kind mm-hmm. of a slapdick, but then they get real serious. That's when you know shit. Shit's getting real. Yeah. Uh, right then." I really like the character and Bill Burr's performance. There you go. Uh, a couple more here. One from Black Series Customs says, didn't like him at all last season, but he became likable this time around, even though Kara would have given him a job by the end of it. <laughs> even thought Kara would have given yeah, him a job by the end of it. Right. I mean, I could see that, but also how do you explain like, hey, I just went and picked up this guy from this imper- from this New Republic prison right. and uh, all of a sudden now he just works for me. It's like, yeah, and have that's, the probably, that's why they, they ditched him, too. But like they said, yeah, they could have just flew the slave one like another system over or something and yeah. dropped him off on a civilized <laughs> planet. Yeah. It's, it's, I forgot who it was, but it might have been Lima. But really, the whole setting of Morak had a very Vietnam feel yeah, to yeah. it, right? I mean, that yeah. is something that's come up actually a lot during this season. And I don't know if it's like resurfaced quotes, but like essentially George Lucas had in the past mentioned how in ROTJ the Ewoks were essentially like the Viet Cong like the the guerrilla fighters of the Yeah, I mean a, a lot of his movies uh, he he never really like was out front and center making a stand but his his movies were thematic for yeah. the time. So it was basically like the Ewoks as the Viet Cong versus the Empire was actually the American soldiers. Of course. Yeah, there we go. So there you go if you did not know that um uh action figure snaps last one up here says i thought it was okay boba's new paint job was dope but i'm not really feeling mayfeld he doesn't feel like he belongs in the star wars universe but that's just me i don't know man i i i disagree i feel like he's he's a rarely seen character from the star wars universe like you never get to interact a lot with just the normal guy the 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 trooper who turned you know, who left the service or survived. Uh, I mean, really, the, the closest we got was probably Han Solo. Yeah. Just a, a regular dude. Kind of a little fucked up, little hothead. You know, like the poke holes in the people's religions and stuff. Yeah. Never really felt like he was serious. Mm-hmm. And but but he turns it like like. The thing with Han Solo is like Han Solo becomes a, a larger than life hero, whereas Mayfeld is just like he was a guy who survived. He did his job. He right. got out and then he, he survived on. And now he just he just does his job again. And then he goes on living like you don't see that a lot in Star Wars. Um, no, more, I mean, action figure snaps. It's OK. Like I said, I'll let that difference opinion fly. But that's only because you said the new paint job was dope. Yeah, it's only because of that. If you reason. said the new paint job sucked, then I would have had to disqualify your other opinion on uh, Mayfeld. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so the top five is here. 
Um, hey, oh, real quick. Okay. Real Connor quick. again with another great point. This guy, press pause, coming through here. Not to sequel hate, and I don't think this is sequel hating, but honestly, Mayfeld was what Finn should have been. A real look at what Ward does to someone. I agree. I yeah. mean, I, I think that I think that that's kind of what uh, Colin was probably going for with his portrayal of Finn right. in his script. And, and like, so was, I mean, J.J. kicked it off. I mean, hell, trying, the whole reason yeah. Finn disassociates from his conditioning is because he sees the massacre at that Jakku village. Exactly. Like, and... I will say, like, I don't, I don't want to throw blame around, but like, TLJ really did kind of fucking derail Finn. Oh yeah, de- derailed him. He he became irrelevant mostly. He was an errand boy. Yeah, it was it was weird how that movie kind of. All right, out. well, just so we're not here for <laughs> ten hours, I'm not going to get into any TLJ talk. But all right, yeah. thank you, fans, for the fan question a week. But now it is time for the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And this week, Nick, I believe it is a it's a, a fan, fan shot, shot breakdown. breakdown. All There's right. two of them in this week, so we will get to them. This is definitely going to be bordering on a four hour show again. That's all right. So let's motherfuckers like we we give you all this content for free and you still can't get us to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. You can't even buy the rest of our small medium hats that are still in stock. We we still have like almost (laughs) no ratings on iTunes, no ratings on Spotify, no ratings anywhere. It's like, what is it? What do you guys want? I almost feel like if we made you pay for it, it would do better. Yeah, I know. Right. Then you would feel obligated to go rated. (laughs) It would would all be one star reviews. We ain't getting into it. We ain't going to charge you yet, but here we go. Here we go. Top five fan artist features of the week. This week is going to kick off with a brand new feature from, uh, I'm going to have to spell this out because the, the account name spells out lemur, but what it is, is underscore at underscore underscore L. Bro, I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. It's amazing. This shot made it to the top five because of this handle. It almost didn't get featured because <laughs> you try to fucking pull up this handle on Instagram, it doesn't come up. Oh my There's god. There's like man. multiple underscores, and then yep. is it an L, a one, an I? That's what I was yeah. I assume it's an L, but what I have Because I always I, I feature the shot and then I'll share it in the story and post her handle over top their image so people know who it comes from. Yeah. I, I literally almost deleted the shot because I couldn't fucking get <laughs> lemur to show up. I mean, yeah. I couldn't even find the account to go back and pull the link from to use repost <laughs> to get it. But we'll just. But I'm say glad so I put forth the effort because this is a fantastic it's art a piece. Fucking incredible piece. But this is so her real name is Olga Sachs. She's a freelance illustrator. But her her uh, IG handle is under two underscores at underscore underscore L period E period M period U period R period underscore underscore. So and I, I dare you to even look it up like that. It won't show up. Yeah, it's it's hard. So we have it linked again. It's linked in our uh, in the top five posts on the IG. It's also linked in the post on StarWarsTime.net. But what we have here is a beautiful um, uh, portrayal of Vader and Luke, except it's 
Uh, they're they're on a fishing boat, just hanging out on a right. lake, going fishing, and their in their poles are lightsabers. So you have Vader's red lightsaber with right. a line coming off, and, and they're bent to, to you know simulate it yeah. being a, a fishing pole. Vader's mm-hmm. got his helmet off. It's very stylized, like they're yeah. elongated. You know, uh, Luke's head's long, Vader's head's long. Yeah, Luke's sitting there in his farm boy outfit. He's got his bi- he's eating a sandwich. It looks like yeah, he's eating a sandwich. Got got some coffee there in the in the thermos. And it is. It's just a very interesting take, like you said here, uh, an alternate story about father and son relationships. Oh, and that, that, that was, was her, her title. Like, her dude, title. I'm telling you, I couldn't find shit. I actually just had to use, like, paste her caption. Yeah. Because I, I could not that, get her name to pop up. I couldn't yeah. do it. I think that uh, it's Rush. I think this is Russian. Yes, totally. It's being translated from. Yeah, I think this is Russian. So, um I mean, it's hey, Nick. I saw this shot and I was like, if if Nick and his dad had a Star Wars bond, yeah, I have a feeling this is either going to make Nick cry or he's going to go and try to buy this art piece. Because I mean, you know, it's, Nick, it's beautiful. Like we your def- big thing with your dad is fishing, right? Yeah, exactly. Which is why so, I had to pick this. Right. So just imagine if you and your dad were also like Star Wars cohorts. I, I don't think there's a way you could pass up this print. Oh yeah, I mean, I agree. My dad does not watch Star Wars, unfortunately, right. but yeah, so it doesn't I agree. quite hit the way it could. But I, I had a feeling you'd like this one. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, very well done in terms of the just. The and we art actually, I mean, she got a lot of likes on our page. We typically, for art pieces, don't get the traction yeah. we get when we share some of your toy photography people. But this is uh, almost a thousand likes. Yeah, like this is, it is huge. It's, it's a fantastic shot, and I. She tagged us. Right. This is one I I didn't just find this in Explore. She found us somehow. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know if that's our buddy Super Scoundrel getting it out to the artist community because uh, a guy that I have I followed for a long time on EB, his name on Instagram is Mexifunk. His real name is Orlando Aracena. He's like a pro vector artist. And I found out he's he's following us and he just started tagging us. Yeah. So it's like where where these artists come from and hopefully it is from our other real ass painters and we appreciate you. This is the type of shit I expect to see when mm-hmm. people say, hey, we kind of like this stuff. It's fun. We tag. We like the show. Well, good. Get other people in your disciplines to start latching on to the SWTS. Yeah. We appreciate it. So at Lemur, but good fucking luck trying to find her yeah, on Instagram. Just, she's from the Ukraine. Um, and if you go through her page too, it's a, it's a relatively new account, only 25 posts, but she is a fantastic artist. Like some of these things that she's put up there while they're not related to any particular fandom, like I think this image that she drew of, uh, of Luke and Vader, maybe one of her first like fandom pieces. There's actually a, a drawing of cat dog on there from Nickelodeon. Um, beautiful, beautiful work by, by Olga. Uh, so give her a follow only 232 yes. followers. Hopefully. Thank you, Olga. Out. I'm not sure how you found us and yeah, I wish your name was easier to find on Instagram, but I swear to God, good luck typing in double underscores. <laughs> it just doesn't, it does not pull up her name, but she found us. We found her. Now she has been immortalized yes. in star so, Wars time show history. Uh, continue to tag us in your star Wars art. Please do. Um, pretty please. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have at Star Wars underscore Rick here with an absolutely beautiful scene recreation from Mando season one with the armorer surrounded by all of those stormtroopers that she killed. So this is this this is right before the battle breaks out. You see the armorer knelt down. She's holding her yep. her tongs and her hammer, 
and all the stormtroopers surrounding her. And this is right before she absolutely just. This is another them. figure, Nick, that I think is going to be a casualty of mine because I've had her. I've had her unboxed. This is the Black Series. Yes, uh, but okay. so many people have done their versions of this scene because, I mean, how else are you going to shoot the armor? We don't have a lot of unless you make shit up, which is great, too. But I'm pretty sure everyone that got this figure is like, I know what shot I'm going to do. And at this point, it's like, I'm not even going to shoot this fucking character. She's been portrayed so many times in her awesome beatdown of the troopers. It's like, why, why should I even get into the mix? Yeah. Uh, It just, I, I, it really is. I, I I talked about this before. And I think one of the reasons I've slowed down on producing toy photography is think about every day for at least an hour of my day. I am scrolling through Star Wars toy photography and art. Some of it at a level where people should be getting paid. Yeah. So I am like oversaturated with people's ideas, with their quality. And it just slowly and surely is like, why do you even try? Who cares? Look what they just did. Don't even think about it. Keep being a putz. Keep them in their boxes. Sell them on eBay. Get rid of them all. Fire sale time. So I need to stop looking at people's Star Wars toy photography. (laughs) It's fucking me up, man. It's fucking me up. It's keeping me from wanting to do my own shots. But that's Star Wars Rick with a great, great recreation there. Uh, I like Star Wars Rick because he goes a lot of no bullshit. You know, just if it's practical, it's going to make it into the shot. Otherwise, it's not. And I respect that because that's pretty much how I roll because I don't want to mess with Photoshop because it was designed for aliens. <laughs> it's not made for humans. I am a, I would call myself a uh, mostly an expert when it comes to technology. I can figure out almost anything, but Photoshop is an application that just to this day logically makes no fucking sense. None yeah. of it makes sense. The terminology, the menus, Fuck it. Fuck you, Photoshop. Thank you. There we go. Uh, So we got some Devin and Jared both showed up in the chat right at the very end. So welcome to the chat, folks. And that leads us into this absolutely incredible shot by Action Figure Snaps. Will you please stop making great art? I mean, really. (laughs) I said this last week. I don't know if you were on. I'm like, I I pretty much I have to feature Devin multiple times a week now. Wait till you guys. I, I think I shared it today. Did everyone see his fucking modern Boba Fett vector? Oh yeah, I did and then see what that. does he do? He he reskins it with with holiday Fett armor, and then thirteen thirteen Fett armor, and you're like, stop, dude, that's too many good pieces. Stop. <laughs> Can't you just put out one thing that's just like okay, like not <laughs> not incredible, just one okay shot. I just then- want the damn coffee book. We say it every yeah. episode during this segment. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, I know. That's that is like literally. I don't neat. care if you print it out on fucking basic paper at this point. Just print out your work, staple it, put a rubber band around it, and, and mail it to me, please. Yes. Um, so this action figure snaps piece is absolutely incredible. So what we see here is full Beskar Mando Din lighting up a scout trooper with his good old wrist attached flamethrower. And he's also got his pistol in the offhand smoking there from a shot that he just popped off. Oh, yeah. But what's really interesting about this is this motherfucker is shiny. Like, yeah, this I, don't, is I don't know shiny. if Adrian's still in the chat and he could kind of illuminate us on this, but I'm assuming he, he ran some sort of uh, 
uh, paint job over this Mando because this is not any Mando that I know of. I mean, it looks like the Black Series Mando, maybe the figure arts, but either way, it definitely had to have either custom armor or it's been uh, painted over because, yeah, that shine is slick. Yeah, and the the animation, like the 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 post that he did with the flamethrower, like getting that to like climb over this guy's body and and oh, yeah. the, the and mind you, I believe at action figure snaps snaps with a Z snaps. Sorry, OCD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still does everything on his phone as that's far as sick. shooting it on his phone and the edit. I believe. Yeah, that's that's fucking nasty. So the fact that this was all done on phone is pretty incredible. Uh, also, just the weathering job that he did on the scout troopers, awesome too. Really sells the burning. Yeah, he's getting getting fricasseed like a mug. I like yeah. it. So you notice the little guys there too. Grogu's hanging. Oh, out. Oh yeah, he's feet. right there by his ankle. Look at him. He's hanging yeah, out. <laughs> Big Daddy was never shy to high uh, or uh, enact a little violence upon people in front of Grogu. That's no, that's sure. probably why he's so dark now. He's like, what are you talking? <laughs> My dad kills people every day. Yeah, I mean it's like something we used to do on a daily basis. Sometimes multiple people in a single day. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, so at action figure snaps with a Z on Instagram. Yes, good stuff. And well, we we'll always love Adrian. Yeah, there you the go. Shirts. I was going to say, he did the shirt drop. That's our boy. Yeah, responsible for the shirts that we wear. So thank you very much, Adrian. Next up is everybody's favorite characters from Star Wars, and especially everybody's favorite <laughs> movies. This is uh, from, what is it? Exesco Toldra. X-E-S-K-O-T-O-L-D-R-A. I'm going with Zesco Toldra. Yes. He was here at the beginning or she, uh, but they're from Spain and it was like, uh, I'm definitely not hanging around for this shit. See ya. Yeah, way too late. So he had to, he or she had to hit the A. Uh, But what we see here is a scene recreation from Tross where you have good old eternal Emperor Palpatine sitting on his Sith throne and then this is the moment where he just fucking lights up the entire oh, yeah. resistance fleet. This with is the, the true unlimited power. Yeah. He's like, uh, and it's, it's, he did a really good job of, of kind of doing the foreground background, but not really blurring out Palpatine. Cause you see Ray in the foreground standing up uh lightsaber lit and extended ready to go. Yes. And then Palpatine yeah, it's, there um, on the throne. That that's actually tricky, Nick, because of depth of field and mm-hmm. wh- whatever you have your aperture set at. So, like, yeah, typically, if if Ray was going to be where he was focusing on, Palpatine would have been washed out. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to pull up the shot on his page because I think we get some BTS because this is actually a, a a full composite, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he it looks like he built the throne, but that was it. Uh, they were in his room against a white wall, and then yeah. everything else was kind of. Uh, digitally edited in and he yeah, actually man. has a video at the end kind of showing some of, of the processes used uh, but it, it, it is uh so probably just used a very large aperture to make sure everything was in focus because mm-hmm. if you want those nice bokeh blurry backgrounds you're talking down you know 4.0 and under uh, 2.8 really gets that that bokeh of the depth of field working off there. But no, this, this is great stuff. I mean, I think this is a fairly new account. Uh, can do a little bit of the digital magic, something that I absolutely suck at and never care to get better at. And I've come to terms with that. I'll just be a middle-of-the-road type of guy, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great work. I mean, a fantastic recreation. 
Beautiful, right? I mean, beautiful job. Essentially taking a movie scene and remaking it in your apartment with toys, that's always going to be an impressive accomplishment. For sure. All right. So next up is a really cool and creative shot <laughs> here from Snicket, S-N-I-K. And actually, it's not another I. S-N-I-K-T-T-T on Instagram. Snick. I mean, he's Snick like it. essentially the sound of Wolverine's claws. That's yeah. what people Snick. use as a stick. Yeah. So um, what we see here is... Uh, two stormtroopers. So, so what we have is a SH Figure Arts stormtrooper box that a stormtrooper <laughs> has literally broken out of and is coming through yeah. uh, into your screen. And then behind the box, you have two other stormtroopers that are kind of like looking over, like, what like, the fuck's oh, going shit. on here? This guy just broke out. He's out. Um, so I just thought it was really imaginative, really fun concept uh, for for Snicked here to pull off. And, the, and really this what is, does it is the posing, like the oh posing yeah. here is incredible. Yeah, poses is great. And, and you can get that with the, fig, the, the figure art stormtroopers. I mean, outside of their helmets, maybe being a little too wide, but uh, their, their posability is ridiculous as, as most figure arts figures are, except for crate Luke, you <laughs> dick. Crate, crate Luke is still in pieces. There's, there's only a few people that may remember the story of crate Luke. I mean, that, that was one of my better toy <laughs> photography meltdowns. Yeah, uh, but that that cocksucker still is missing a face out in my backyard <laughs> somewhere. It's probably gotten eaten up by a fucking oh easily at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit on by a rabbit or a raccoon. <laughs> Who knows? There you go. So um, now Snicket, yeah. if you get out the Snicket's uh, uh, profile here, it's kind of his thing. Nino Tier or Nino Tier. Uh, he does a lot of fun shots, a lot of fun composites. Like he's got a recent one here of a stormtrooper brushing a T Rex's teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah. like like outside of the uh, out of the deck that's so good you got man. the michael jordan with the cape uh, yeah but it's it's remaking that james gunn like james gunn didn't direct it but he kind of wrote it where it's basically like superman but if superman was an asshole oh and, okay. and landed on earth and was basically killing people interesting I yeah no snigget does a lot of fun stuff like toys in, in real life type of shots <laughs> i like the yeah the one in real life where he's got like Thor inside of his house with a giant hole in his wall. Right. He's like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, what, on, are, what are you doing, dude? Uh, yeah. So he does another breakout with Jordan though. So yeah, I mean, he, he's fun. He does a lot of these fun kind of real world digital mashups with the toys. I got that Jordan too. It's a fucking great figure, but I'll probably never shoot it. <laughs> yeah. So S N I K T T T on Instagram. Very cool shots. Very fun feed. Make sure to go follow. Um, and that is the end of the top five for this week. All right. Um, shot breakdowns, huh? Yes. This will bring us. Into yes, we are still going. Breakdown. We're, we're doing a, in a close to another four hour show. So you can send the checks to my fucking secretary. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, we got our boy Baron up here. Yes. First it's up is Baron. So the, give him some feedback on this the shot. Unofficial he, PR wing of the Star Wars time show. Baron's yes. Black Series. So this is actually like a three shot series. It kind of looks like um, right. you can see it's like basically what we see is, is a fireball kind of coming it, up. It, this it, tunnel. It's the same. This is what it's the same shot. It's just when you shoot things at, at a high speed, you know, shutter. Yeah. And you use an effect like fire, you, you never know what you're going to get. That's why you, you always have to, whenever you're shooting with, uh, you know, fireworks, Jared will know this, your blow torches, you're always going to want your camera on a, on a high speed setting. You want multiple snaps per button press or per, per timer function, however you do it. 
Because you really, you don't know how the effect's going to play out. And, and you don't know when that, that eye is shutting, right? The snap, snap, snap. What image it's going to capture. Is it going to get what you saw? Is it going to get all those uh, bokeh explosion effects? Or is it going to get none? Is it going to get the damn crackling ball plastic right in the middle of the frame? You don't know. That's why you got to always have that thing on high speed to get as many shots as possible when you light one of these effects. So in terms of uh, what Nick was saying, we're essentially in a trench. You've got Torch 2 Tor. It's happening. It's happening. Beep, (laughs) bloop, beep. Need rest. Uh, But you got two short troopers in the foreground. Then you got a regular Stormy in the background. They're in this trench, like I said. And in the background, there's a fucking fireball that the Stormtrooper seems to be engulfed in. And I'm guessing Baron was like, hey, you know what? I can't figure out which shot I like the best to lead with. So I'm just going to use all three. Now, this is a a breakdown. So I'm going to be a little critical. I will say that Baron went with the right shot to lead. Okay. If you look at the three shots we have here on the post, if you happen to be listening after the live stream, you can still go to StarWarsTime.net and pull up Nick's top five and follow along. But if you look at the three shots, the one he went with for the lead is definitely the best. In terms of the shot itself, Baron, like a few of you, you kind of suffer from the same issue that I do, and it's posing. And it's posing these guys in a way that that don't make them feel like they're posed pieces of plastic. I would argue the stormtrooper in the background that's just standing there, and he's in a fireball, should probably be a little more animated looking, a little yeah. like like he's suffering, he's burning, maybe his hands up in agony. Uh, you know, body contorted a bit. It, it just looks off to have a guy in a fireball just kind of standing there like, oh, what's happening, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'd say the uh, the pose, the posing in general is probably what's most off in this shot from our buddy Baron. Uh, y- you could argue with a fireball coming through, the short troopers should almost be running yeah. out of this shot. Like, get the fuck out of here instead of fire in the hole type of cover your face. Um, outside of that, though, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a pleasing shot. I think the, the, the colors are nice. Uh, he's, he's maintaining the rule of thirds. It really is. It's, it's just opposing. I, I don't think it fits the action of the scene. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of what my main point of feedback was too like the one in the foreground looks like he's almost completely unfazed by yeah he's just like yeah fuck it there's just a fireball going through our trench but i don't care i'm I'm thinking about you know having some spice yeah something like he's just completely disconnected (laughs) the other guy's just like i don't even want to see what's about to happen to me i quit (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then the guy literally getting melt is like what are you guys what are you bitching about come on in the weather's nice (laughs) yeah like i agree like the dude the dude in the background in the fire should definitely either be like laying down in some sort of like help me pose or something like that you know like some sort of like you said animated like he's actually like on his stomach like dragging himself out like anakin like i hate you yeah um, so that's uh but that's spencer the, yeah, I, hey, hey buddy you know i suffer from the same fucking problem i've said this before the, the, the hardest thing to me 
is A, just thinking of an interesting scene, and then B, getting the little figures to actually look like they belong in that scene through the posing. Uh, and I know our buddy Sir Dork has a whole damn video on the conundrums of action figure posing and how a bad pose can otherwise or can sink an otherwise really well thought out shot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, overall, it's still a very good shot. But yeah, just a little bit of tweaking of the poses could like really sell the scene that you're trying to yeah. to build. There. Yeah. If you're going to blow, blow them up or get fire in there, make sure their reactions reflect whatever the action is portraying. Yeah. Jared says he was petrified by the flame. Jared's a nice guy. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being uh, serious. Sir Dork, check out his YouTube channel. He actually does a really good video on posing and how important it is because he, you know, like his shots, he made his name on the practical effects. But it's because his figures look like they're reacting to the, to the blast, effect. to the water drops, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but he, he he shows you, like, this is a bad pose, and he puts up a shot of at Haywood Pops, <laughs> and he says, this is a good pose, and he puts up a shot of his. There we go. So Very easiest video he's ever made, Nick. That's <laughs> like, what he told me. This is what you don't yeah, want to do. He said, don't this do this, <laughs> do this. There we go. But there you uh, go, Baron, we love you. You're, you're almost a quasi part of the team anyway, so... Yeah. Thank you for sharing and opening yourself up for an attack. All right. So next up, we have a shot from It's RE4L. So it's basically it's real, except the A is a four. Um, or the And then the L might be a one. I can't tell. It's hard to tell on Instagram with numbers. I think that's an L, though. Yeah. Um, so what we see in the shot is Dengar kind of camping like Dengar's camping out and then the 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 caption says I'm gonna take the Falcon when I'm done here so maybe right. he's like hunting down uh yeah I'll, I'll tell you what Nick I mean for a, a small account account that I don't even know if I haven't checked on it's real in a while they haven't posted I, since October yeah so. I was gonna say I, this is not an account that I see in my daily tour through at Star Wars time show which again if you're new here and you're watching this segment going what the fuck are these guys doing well, at the end of our show, we like to honor our fan base, at least the Star Wars fan art community on Instagram. So if this is something you do, be it toy photography, real art, clay, it doesn't matter, tattoos, make shit out of scrap. We don't care if it's if it's anything Star Wars art related. Tag us at Star Wars Time Show and please also use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but anyways, back to it's real here in the shot. It's a shot that looks like it came from someone that's starting out in the hobby, but, but it's not bad at all. There's, there's a lot of promise in this shot. Uh, the, the biggest critiques for me are it really could have used some more atmosphere. I love mm -hmm. the practical use of matches to create a little uh, campfire for Dangar. I think that's a great touch. Uh, but we probably should have dusted it with a you know a little atmosphere, maybe a smoke bomb, something like that, to just smoke it up. I mean, we all start this way. We all get out. We take a snap in our backyard, and we're like, sweet, I did it. But over the years, you start to learn some tricks. You start to learn some nuances. And, and atmosphere, to me, is one of the greatest things any toy photographer can use, be it through kicking up dust, dirt sediment, Whatever, just getting the, the light source to catch particles really adds some depth to a photo. So that, that's the first thing I'd say. 
I'd also say I, I do. I love the concept of the shot. It's literally Dangar starting a campfire that is lit mm-hmm. and expertly organized into a nice little TP style campfire. He's got his backpack down. He really has taken a break. Yeah. I'd argue the, the perspective and a lot of time when you're shooting action figures, for the most part, you want the lens to be below them. You, yeah. you almost want to be tilted up shooting at them because that gives the illusion that they're big, they're, that they could be lifelike, that they actually could be a real character. Uh, this one, the perspective is kind of coming down from the top a bit, which for the scene, it kind of works. Uh, but it also still feels like we're looking at a a toy. Yeah, like almost I feel like the setup for this shot is really good. Like you were saying, the camera positioning, if, like say if you were to like swing this camera a little bit to the left hand side of the photo, bring it down to where you're looking at Dengar almost yeah. through the fire. Right. Like, and then you have that downward angle. You're also, you have a, now you have a foreground element and a background element and you, you're adding depth to your shot of in course. a way. Yeah. With, with that way, as Nick's saying, you would have got more of the background to wash out to give you that uh, depth of field look, the, the blur as some people call it. Uh, it is it's a very it's a very well staged shot don't get me wrong i mean it's a nice setup look at the little stick pile he's got Mm -hmm. ready for the fire i mean the details are there just some of the execution it's probably just a it's a practice thing yeah learning i mean i i didn't start using atmosphere like a year or two into it when i when i did most of my funko pop shit i would plop it down take a shot move on to the next one uh, with Funko Pop, I was more concerned with getting the, the, the pop in focus and everything behind it, a really nice bokeh look that seemed to work for Funkos. That doesn't always work for figures. So a little atmosphere, as, as Connor's saying here in the chat, I mean, he uses flour and canned e- air. As I said, it could be anything. If you're outside, scrounge up some dirt. I think I've talked about this in my outside setup. I keep a, a bucket of dirt year round. I... I I, I've had it for years now because that way I can keep it environmentally Dry. controlled. It's always going to be very fine powdery substance. So when I'm outside, I lay down my floor. I can use my storm drain blower to kick that up and really get some nice particle shots, especially if you get it to catch in the light. Now, I think another thing that would have made this shot even better is if it were darker, right? To, to yeah. get some of the fire reflecting off of Dangar and yes. the scenery. But I mean, for a someone that doesn't, I, it doesn't look like they do the hobby much, right? Yeah, and they haven't posted since October of this year, um, so maybe they're taking a break. Maybe they. Just yeah, I mean, it's someone starting out. Yeah, th- I mean, this account looked like it just started this year. Someone starting out. I mean, just the 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 lineup. Like I said, the setup here is great. The idea is great. It's just some of the execution. Try to always keep that camera down low and tilted up in toy photography and any sort of atmosphere you can weave in, be smoke bombs, dirt, flour, canned air upside down. Uh, there's all sorts of way to get atmosphere in there. But hey, you made it on to a breakdown. It's real. You're doing something right. Yeah. We speak fair. your name. That's the end of the breakdown. <laughs> Nico. That doesn't surprise end. me, Nico. Nico uses his kit. To, for atmosphere he, he's got his dabs and a paper towel too <laughs> there, there we go 
Oh, you dabber. All right. Oh, man. All right, guys. That's that's the end of our shot breakdowns. That's the end of the top five. That's the end of our show for this week. This is a four-hour Another record. Show. This is an, a, another new record. So if you were with <laughs> us last week and this week, you've watched us roll two records in terms of show length. Oh. Uh, you've also guaranteed that my dinner will once again be cold on a Tuesday evening. <laughs> there we go. So. But we, we knew this was coming. I, I really don't think four-hour shows are going to be a norm. Yeah. Next week, remember, Nick's not going to be here. So that may cut down on it, especially if I just roll solo outside of the interview. Uh, those of you that have reached out about co-hosting, I'll kind of let you know where I'm going with that, obviously, before next Tuesday. But it's been real. Does everyone feel OK after 141? Is no one but hurt? I'm going to feel bad and tell me I made them sad. OK, good. <laughs> and like I said, I'm, I, I reached out to those that I attacked personally and, and said my piece. They said there's it's water under the bridge. But you never know what you're going to get on the Star Wars Time Show. And that's why we need to do the dance. A shimmy and a shaking, a shaking and a shimmy. We're going to dance our happy asses over to Star Wars Time.net. We needed someone to write us a jingle. I know, right? All right. So on StarWarsTime.net, as long as you're not at my house using the Chrome browser, you can, you know, check it out. Click around. Give us some page views. Check out the content. You know, Nick's good for, you know, a, a, a Mando education post. You know, I'm good for at least a video breakdown or two. You never know what type of news topics we'll want to riff on. But they usually show up on StarWarsTime.net first before we talk about them on the Star Wars Time show. Which, again, you can get looped into, subscribed up on StarWarsTime.net. Just hit the subscribe to podcast or keep scrolling and use all of the uh, listings in the sidebar. We've got them. You asked for it, we got it. If we don't have the platform you want, tough shit. Use one of the 55 we have now. I mean, honestly, how many do you need? All right. While you're there, though, we would also love for you to sub to our YouTube channel. We still don't even have a 1,000 YouTube followers yet. Two years in, at least a dumb video that no one watches, at least once or twice a month for free come on but you can find our subscribe link to youtube on starwarstime.net and i've got it set up to when you subs click on the button i don't even think it gives you a choice to subscribe i think it just auto subscribes you because i'm like that and you should be subbed up because what would you be doing with your tuesday afternoons if you're not a sub on the star wars time show youtube channel and what would, you, what would you be doing with yourself on Friday mornings if you were not subbed to the Star Wars Time YouTube channel when The Mandalorian is in season, right? We get it for you right away. We will have your breakdowns before you're done with your morning shit. Because that's how we roll at the Star Wars Time show. Because I know, Nick knows, the fandos know, there is always time for Star Wars time. There truly is. There is always time for Star Wars time. So that's why you need to get on this bandwagon. Keep pimping us out. We're fine with it. Nick and I are fine with you all being our pimps. That's what we want. Let them know. Let them know that for four hours a week, they can tune into two idiots and listen to some hot air takes on the Star Wars galaxy for free for free and besides 
if you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.